everyone, and welcome back to The Other Castle. Welcome back. I can't do it. Welcome back to The Other Castle. <laughs> I'm not a robot. I'm Andrea. I was not designed with de-icing in mind. And my name is Tom. So here at The Other Castle, we give book reports on video games. And this week, we are following up last week's episode with Portal 2. You've really been carrying us uh, for the last two weeks, so thank you. I'm so excited for this one. Well, you've been carrying us the rest of the season so far. You <laughs> had that humongous task of getting us through The Last of Us 2. That's, I, was, I thought you were going to talk about the emotional weight of doing Outlast because I'm still recovering. Uh, <laughs> can I tell you, with that one, I was in the subreddit for like a couple weeks, maybe even like a couple months, to be honest. It's like I just was like absorbing the content. I got really into it. I got into the lore. I got into the fan art and I had to unsubscribe because I was like, this is too much. It sounds like a dark place to exist in for a minute. Yeah, it took me to a dark place. Man. <laughs> uh, so... I'm excited to get into this dystopian nightmare because it's a complete breath of fresh air from Outlast. Well, it does dip into some darkness. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but you know. But it does keep it light. <laughs> yeah, there's robots. It's fun. Because this game was praised for its humor as well as its storyline. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's legendary. Yeah. You know, it did its predecessor justice. So we did do Portal 1 last week. So if you managed to skip that one... There's going to be some content that's referenced in this one. So if you if or if it's been a while, if you put your podcast down for a minute, probably just just swing in through Portal 1 one more time, right? It's not just a shameless plug to say <laughs> go back and listen to last week's episode. It felt a little shameless, but that's okay. But also, what are you doing? <laughs> you're, you're hanging out with us. <laughs> so um, Portal 2, what's the gap between the release of Portal 1 versus Portal 2? Well, Portal 2 came out in 2011, and Portal 1 came out in, what was it, 2007? Okay, so a good couple of years. Yeah, so when Portal 2 came out, it managed to win uh, three BAFTA awards. Damn! Right? That's a real-ass award. That's not some bullshit. Yeah, that's the British Oscars. Holy and shit. they won Best Design, Best Story, and best game. I didn't know the BAFTAs really recognized video games as media. That's really cool. That's so awesome. Why don't the Oscars give video gaming its due? The Oscars don't even give stunt people their due. Like, we just watched John Wick 3 the other night, and we both just looked at each other like, why the fuck aren't these people getting, like, walls of golden awards? Like, this is amazing. <laughs> they have absolutely earned it with that entire series. Absolutely. Incredible. That's a different podcast. <laughs> Before the Game Awards, though, there weren't really, like, too many game awards that you could win fair right because the the official the video game awards that um jeff knightley does started in 2014 right and this game came out in 2011 Ugh. but it did win the spike game award 2011 for best pc game best multiplayer game which you know a call of duty came out that year <laughs> but this one best multiplayer and then it also won Best Male and Best Female Performance. That's really cool that it got male and female at the Spike Awards. Also, that's a very dated moment to talk about Spike TV. <laughs> if you didn't grow up in the basic cable era where everything was extreme, fucking Red Bull and like <laughs> cool sunglasses and shit, right. Spike is very much like testosterone <laughs> oh it was a very targeted demographic right <laughs> yeah definitely men in my age group but still today i'm not interested in that shit i don't know if spike exists anymore but like the xfl aired on spike tv oh my know. god that's right remember that 
Yeah, that was a weird time. Uh, but yeah, Spike was very much just like, dude stuff, Gen X dudes. It was very aggressive for the time. Uh, but they were one of the few that were actually talking about video games aside from G4. Right, and G4 inevitably went out of business as well. All of these went out of business. Video games, they were too niche for the time, but unfortunately. television itself is going out of business. That's a different story. <laughs> Damn, that was cutting. Uh, so I love that they did get best male and best female vocal performance. That's really cool. Right. So that means we've got Ellen McLean coming back as GLaDOS and the Turrets. Oh, love her. Joining her and the winner of best male performance is Stephen Merchant as Wheatley. A whole ass actor. A whole ass actor. His big thing was the British office, right? Right. He helped create, well, the office as its whole with Ricky Gervais. Right. If you've ever seen anything with Ricky Gervais, he's usually the really tall, gangly guy standing next to him. In The Good Place, he runs the accounting department, The accounting right? department, yeah. He has that like big, weird, lizardy smile. <laughs> he does an amazing performance as the character Wheatley, who we will get to know. I'm so excited. And then the legendary J.K. Simmons Ugh. joins this game. I'm approaching the age where I find him attractive. Like, that's that's how old I'm getting. I, I'm definitely at the age where I'm, like, thinking the dads are hotter than the kids in movies now. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I need to get an eye cream. Like, that is a big red flag of, like, you are getting old, bitch. But I mean, he got jacked, though. He did get weirdly jacked for Justice League, right? It was for something. I don't even think it was for Justice League. I think it was a completely different role. He just happened to be in Justice League, too. Oh, okay. Because so it was like, we don't need Detective Gordon to look that hot <laughs> and, like, stunned on these hoes. Like, Yeah, he got, like, superhero ripped for it, but it wasn't for any of the superhero franchises that he's in. Because he's in multiple superhero franchises. He's destroying multiple franchises. His J. Jonah Jameson is so good, it transcended its first round and is now in his second round in a different <laughs> multiverse. He's that good. Like, the way Wanda is her same character across all... What, what, I forgot what it's called, but, like... Yeah, she's a Nexus being. A Nexus being. He's also a Nexus being because <laughs> of how good that fucking performance is. That's super true. Well, anyway, he plays Cave Johnson who is the founder of Aperture Science. I love the first name Cave. That's so cool. That is a really That's good punk name, rock. isn't it? I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, so these are the three main characters and most of the voices. There's also D. Bradley Baker does the voice of some uh, new characters called Atlas and Peabody. Aww. Now, Atlas and Peabody, they are the playable characters for the multiplayer version of Portal. And they are also our first bio shot, a video game character named Atlas. <laughs> and I know that my boy, Nolan North, has done some voices in this too. Oh, right. So Nolan North is also in this game. He plays the cores in this game as well. You legally have to have Nolan North if you do a video game past a certain threshold of like <laughs> interest. He's in everything. It's him or Troy Baker. They're in everything. It's wonderful. Yeah, and he's wonderful in this. Everyone is. Yeah. When they decided to make Portal 2, here's what happened was they found another game and it was called F-Stop. Oh. Which, if you know cameras, is a camera term. Right. The name of the facility was Aperture Science. Too perfect, right? Excellent stuff. This game F-Stop had this mechanic that allowed you to take a picture of something and in that picture you could blow up the picture and make an item in it larger you could turn the picture and change the perspective, kind of like that game Fez. Okay, gotcha. 
So they were using those mechanics to create and solve puzzles. Interesting. Now they were working at Valve and then Gabe Newell, the head of Valve, walks in and he's like, you guys are a portal game now. (laughs) Wait, so he looks over someone's computer shoulder and goes, dibs, and then is like, that is decree? Yeah. That's fucking sick. He's like, all right, so we want to tell the story of Aperture Science. You guys have made a camera game. This is perfect it's too perfect love it he wants to introduce cave johnson he wants to introduce this other character caroline he wants to tell the story of aperture science and tell this prequel to portal gotcha very cool so portal 2 was initially going to be a prequel to portal interesting okay like a red dead sitch here's the thing we were gonna have a portal game and there were not gonna be any portals oh we weren't gonna have glados no and we weren't gonna have shell fuck off so, the first portal was known for four things. <laughs> Shell, GLaDOS, portals, and puzzle solving. Yeah. So they kept the puzzle solving <laughs> and eliminated everything else. And puzzle solving is just what a fucking video game is. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Like, make a new franchise, man. Yeah. And the F-stop's like, we did. And then <laughs> they walked in and were like, no, we're going to be something else now. We took your toys and made them something else. <laughs> That's wild. So uh, obviously that concept didn't last super long. No, the playtesters hated this whole concept. Give love to playtesters. God bless them for having the balls to beat an employee of Valve and say, Valve, you're fucking up. You know, playtesting is like just a thankless job i will say like i've known people that have done playtesting. oh that's cool they'll tell you it's not to be real <laughs> like their job is to break games right they you don't... just have to run through levels until you find fucked up shit right most of the time but these playtesters were like no but we hate this game <laughs> bless their hearts and valve at least listens to that yeah they take playtesting very seriously at valve Good. which i do like about them so i imagine maybe playtesters for valve have a very different experience from most others yeah that's fair so the playtesters again they saved the first portal as well they made some changes some adjustments that helped the first portal become a success as well but the poor people at f-stop they never got to make their game Oh, so they developed all these structures and all these mechanics Mm -hmm. at Valve. Heather Valve is like, okay, that's part of Portal. Now they're like, cool, I guess this is part of Portal. They run it through some testing. Ironically, because Portal's all about testing. um, (laughs) (laughs) Their GLaDOS said you failed the test. You're in the incinerator. And they just didn't make it past the incinerator. They never got out of the incinerator again. No. I'm sorry. It's a little funny. I know. They don't get to be chill about it. Like, the GLaDOS voice coming over being like, you did not pass, no cake for you. <laughs> no cake for F-stop at all. <laughs> the cake was a lie to them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the poor team. But they did decide to, you know, readjust and start making an actual sequel to Portal. In camera terms, you're refocusing. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it hurts, but I liked it. Okay. It was good. I'm not mad about it at all. You're a little mad. <laughs> In order to introduce Portal 2 to the world, they did an ARG. Oh, an augmented reality game? They did. That's so fucking cool. I love shit like this. And this one was really unique because not a lot of people could participate in this one. Really? You needed a lot of different levels of intelligence and 
uses of different equipment in order to accomplish this ARG. That feels perfectly in World with Portal, though. You do need to have a very specific understanding of how to solve puzzles and riddles and logic problems and have the equipment. Yeah, like... Crazy. I would confidently say neither you or I could ever solve this ARG. Oh, we've done escape rooms. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually just me going, I don't understand, and then screaming and then getting weirdly wired in and you going, okay, so logically there's a window. <laughs> We're no, great. You and I just don't have the technological know-how for the kind of stuff that is required for this. That's fair. On March 1st, 2010. Okay, so about a year before the actual game release. Mm-hmm. Portal 1 got a sudden update. On those PC Steam versions? On the Steam versions. Gotcha. And also on all the consoles. The consoles oh. all were updatable as well. They patched everything. Cool. Yeah. In it, they had changed radio transmission frequency to comply with federal and state spectrum management regulations. Ooh. What this did was unlocked 26 different radios all along the entire game of Portal. That's so many. Yeah. And what you can do is take each one of these radios and walk to a different part of the level and suddenly like a loud screeching sound would start coming out of them. That's so eerie. It was. And it was very creepy. Now, people, again, with a very specific skill set would recognize these sounds as an SSTV signal. SSTV. What does that mean? It stands for Slow Scan Television. Slow scan television. Nope, you're losing me. I know. I'm sorry. So what it is, it's the sounds that get sent out over the airwaves in like old school television broadcasts that allow for images to be broadcast. Sending an image through airwaves? Yeah. Whoa, that's why, That's some like wartime shit, right? Oh yeah, entirely. Oh, that's crazy. That was encoding and shit like that. Uh, ham radio people use that kind of stuff to like encode messages to each other. Yeah, hams. <laughs> but there is like, you know, your computers can get programs that will decode this. Oh, totally. One of the only like examples of it that I can think of was in that movie Contact that came out like, you know, back in 97, but it was a pretty popular movie. And when the aliens sent their radio signal over the air, they were able to decode that radio signal and turn it into an image of, like, the uh, device to send them into outer space. Okay, cool. So that's, like, that's the best thing I can use to describe it. So people that recognize this were able to transcribe these images. And sometimes it was Morse code, and the Morse code didn't say too much. But the images all kind of led to this phone number. Oh, clues. And this phone number was something called a BBS. BBS. Which is a bulletin board system, which is a pre-internet phone-based forum. Whoa. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I don't really know what that means, but I I'm excited. So think of an internet forum. So they're folders with conversations in them. Oh. And it was pre-internet, but it was all through the phone and messages were read out to you. So you'd land on like... A menu or it would just start playing messages? Yeah, a menu. Very good. Okay. So people would upload messages and, you know, it was only Steam and, and Valve that were uploading these messages to this BBS. Oh, that's so creepy. I was I was the voice of our old workplaces BBS system. I, I was the 
voice on the end and be like, if you want to talk to customer service, press three or whatever. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been one of these. I understand. Not quite that level of it. It's, it's a little bit okay. more like archaic than that, but I do like that. That's very good. Yeah, this was in 2020. So <laughs> it was a little different. It was just me reading out COVID guidelines and shit. <laughs> but I got you. She's got a voice for radio and a face to match. So they were using this system to announced dates of like special announcements that were coming out they later used it to uh, announce you know when the uh, trailer was going to drop things oh, like that that's great that's so cool oh i love it and this was 2010 which is still like that's pretty revolutionary oh like, at yeah the time. nobody still now like it would be so cool if that was happening right now nobody had ever seen anything like this and there was no marketing team behind this arg either no they set this whole thing up for a hundred bucks shut up yeah it was just that's the program just the programmers oh my god this team is so fucking scrappy and creative holy shit oh they're wild aren't they oh my god love these guys and what's great is that they put out their estimation for how long they thought it would take people to solve this Mm -hmm. and they put a seven hour time limit on it like the first people we expect to kind of like figure this out the internet's like sleuthy oh (laughs) i bet they they were expecting them to figure it out quick Especially with such a cult classic like Portal and like Valve, which has such an incredible reputation and like is so highly attention to detail. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is incredible. Solved in seven hours and 15 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. They were right on on how long they would take to solve it, too. That's impressive. Really is. All around. Everyone involved is is very (laughs) impressive. Like, the people that did it, the people that solved it. Holy shit. Yeah. Really, really good. Because, yeah, when they gave no information about what they had done, just that they had done something to the radios. That's so fucking cool. So two days later, on March 3rd, 2010, there was another update. Oh. And it said, added... Valuable asset retrieval. Valuable asset retrieval. Okay. We're on the hunt. So last week, we ended the episode with Chell getting dragged back into the Aperture Science facility. Yeah, the party bot was coming to grab her. Right. Yeah. That was not the original ending. Really? It was not. That's a canonical ending though, right? It is, as of March 3rd, 2010. (gasps) They added that sequence in preparation for Portal 2. <gasps> That's so cool. So before that happened, what was the ending? It just uh, faded to white more than oh, anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was just you did the puzzles, thumbs up. Yep, you're done. Oh, shit. So now we get the ending of her being outside, looking around at kind of the empty lot of Aperture, presumably, and then getting dragged back in. And getting dragged back in. Oh, my God. So that was all part of the ARG experience. How So with that, would you have to play through the whole thing and get to the end and then you unlock that cutscene at the very end? Yeah. Oh my God, that's so cool. The next time you play through it, that was there. I'm giddy. This is so exciting. <laughs> this game's been out for a decade and I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. I had never heard about that until like I was researching this. This was so fascinating. I, and like I followed the entire story of Portal 2 coming out. Yeah, you've been, pl- you played Half-Life when it came out in the 90s. Like you've been a part of Valve's ecosystem since they started. Yeah, no, I played Portal at least on the orange box. So there's a second ARG as well. Oh my God. And they called it Potato Fool's Day. Potato Fool's Day. (laughs) I get the joke. If you haven't played Portal 2, you'll get the joke in a little bit. Yeah. And they did this on that BBS server. 
and there were 13 portal references spread out throughout a group of Steam games dubbed the Potato Sack. I don't know what games these were in the Potato Sack or anything like okay. that. But once you found all of these references, you would actually unlock a whole bunch of images and teasers for Portal 2. Very cool. Yeah, it was really neat. And then, you know, Valve, you know, you get all your little avatars and all that shit to go with. Cute, it. yeah. So they were really aggressive with this game, with their advertising. And then finally, the trailer dropped. People went apeshit for oh, it. Love it. And just went super excited for it because, you know, it was just an experience on the orange box. And now we are finally getting a full sequel. Right. And like that orange box was like kind of an extended demo like we talked about. It just takes a couple hours to knock through. You ran through it in a couple hours. Oh, yeah. But this is like, no, you're getting a fucking game now. Let's go. Yeah. And again, you heard about the voice talent they were putting behind it. And it was just like, oh, my God, they took this seriously. <laughs> and it's so funny because you're like, yeah, they're going hard on the marketing with no marketing team and just like weird secrets. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> you're right, right. And like ARGs, I've worked on some ARGs in a past life when I was a much cooler person in my career. And those are those can run five figures easily for like a week. You yeah. know, those are expensive to run. That usually takes a lot of people, a lot of teams, mm -hmm. you know, some play testers to run through them first. Like they were just like, fuck it, let's go. Let's just try this and see if it works. Hell yeah. Like, that's so cool. All right. Well, Portal 2 did end up introducing a lot of new elements. You know, it was bringing back a lot of the old elements from the first game. So we still have buttons. We still have the weighted and the companion cubes that like are coming back to it. They had to have portals because the playtesters rioted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely needed portals. We absolutely needed GLaDOS. We absolutely needed Shell. Yeah. We did not need some new protagonist named Mel. Like, I appreciate the work they put in. Going from Shell to Mel feels lazy. <laughs> Am I wrong? It's so bad. They were going to make the new character Mel. That was just... Portal 3 featuring Dell. Like, shut up. I can't even. <laughs> but they were also going to bring in a whole bunch of new elements as well. So they're going to introduce these things called the aerial faith plates. So they launch you up into the air. Ooh. Uh, we have the thermal discouragement beams. Discouragement beams. So these are lasers and they can kill you. It's a discouragement beam. <laughs> but they're also going to power up shit for you. I want a freaking shark with a freaking discouragement beam attached to its head. Next up is the mobility gels. Now, the mobility gels are a unique story in and of themselves, and they're just a mechanic in the game. Okay. So the mobility gels come from a team at DigiPen that was a class that they went to the school fair and found. If you do the DigiPen fucking thing, you're absolutely getting a job at Valve if you're clever <laughs> enough. That's so fucking great. Right? So they came up with this whole system with these things they called gels. What they allowed them to do was paint the walls, and that paint would give the walls a different characteristic. For example, we have the repulsion gel, which is this blue gel, and once it gets on any surface, it makes it a bouncy surface. Fun! Right. Then we get the propulsion gel. This is an orange gel. And when that comes onto any surface, it gives you the power of like super speed. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you can run really fast through it. If like Splatoon had power ups, that's fucking <laughs> sick. <laughs> right. And then the last one is a white gel and it's called the conversion gel. And what this allows is for portals to exist onto surfaces that previously would not take a portal. Okay. So it makes it compatible with portals. Yeah. Got it. 
Yeah, so these gels came from that really small team over at a school at DigiPen. Oh, that's so great. But they didn't get their own game out of it, but they got included into this legendary game port. I love that DigiPen kids just graduate into Valve. Like, that's such a great pipeline for your career. You're right. I mean, if you're going to school to be a game designer. Yeah, it's like the school, the art school in Emeryville right next to Pixar that just Pixar swoops people up from all the time. Like, it's great. Yeah, I was also thinking of uh, CalArts down in Los Angeles as well. Mm. That's where a lot of the animators from Disney go to. I love it. It's perfect. Yeah, there's always that school. Yeah, (laughs) they're like, you're right there. Come on. (laughs) All right. Well, as we found out with the first portal, because originally I was going to do both games as one episode because I was like, oh, Portal 1 is just like a demo and Portal 2 is only like, three hours long i can bang these out as like one long episode (laughs) portal one was one episode in itself like so dense i had a fun time with that one it was that one's super fun also please listen to that one before this one if you haven't because you're gonna need to speak of spoilers (laughs) (laughs) lots of spoilers sorry portal two is holy shit this girl thick By this girl, you mean this plot? Oh my god, yeah. They really, uh, they packed it deep in this one. Pack it up, pack it in. Yeah. We're going to go on a huge journey on this one, everybody. Let's fucking go. All right. Well, we left off with Porchell being dragged back in and Dr. Ratman putting her in a deep sleep. Ah, my baby Doug putting his girl to bed. And he went to sleep himself. And he said goodbye to his calendar of women of aperture <laughs> and said, until next time, my love. And I guess just to address Ratman here at the beginning, he uh, is presumed long dead Oh. in the events of Portal 2. Okay. We do still see some some of his layers. It is believed he did come out of the sleep eventually. It's possible that he came out of the sleep right around the time that Chell does, but we're not sure. Okay, so that's very ambiguous. It's very ambiguous. There's some voices at one point. We're not sure who it is. People have speculated that it's Ratman. Okay. I'd like to speculate that he and Gordon went to college together and did dueling internships and ended up at different (laughs) things. I really love my boyfriend, Dr. Gordon Freeman. I'm okay with (laughs) his (laughs) headcanon. I mean, you know, Black Mason, uh, Aperture exists in their rival companies, you know, they're... They're going at it. We've got these two brilliant scientists. They were at their job fair in college and they bumped into each other and turned in the opposite directions and oh. ended up at the opposite of jobs. Entirely. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. But that's just me. I'm good with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is chapter one and it's called The Courtesy Call. Mm. And we are 50 days after she is put asleep. 50 days? 50 days. Okay. After Chell's put to sleep. So Ratman's definitely alive at this portion, whether he be asleep or awake. Yeah, he would be in his own little cryo chamber. He's not in one of the long-term cryo chambers. He is in kind of a... It still ends up being long-term, I think, though. Yeah, but it's not necessarily built for one the way Shell's in one that is built for like long-term sleep, right? Yeah, to me it seems like one can freeze you in time Mm -hmm. and one can keep you alive. Okay. Very different things. Yeah, totally. You know, you're going to age in one. Right. Shell is in one that where you don't age, though, right? Right. Shell is in one that you don't age in. Gotcha. Shell is awakened at 50 days by an unidentified announcer. Yeah, it's just called the announcer. 
And he says that in compliance with state and federal regulations, Chell is instructed to perform a mandatory physical and mental wellness exercise, which is used to teach the player the standard controls. Okay, so you get woken up for a tutorial. Yeah, basically. Great. It tells you to push a button to jump, push a button to crouch, run over here, look at this painting, run over here, do nothing. That doesn't really help your mental state, but I appreciate the pageantry. Yeah, it's funny, though, because it says to talk, press the button, and you jump. (laughs) Wait, that's pretty funny. (laughs) The snark in this series is so good. It's really, really good. Half-Life has a couple moments, but it's just not as funny as the series is. No, and few games are like at that perfect level of humor as the Portal series is. Right. And so you eventually do get back to bed, though. Okay. Next up, everything is going wrong. Oh, no. And you don't find out in the game, but it is canonically about 50,000 years later. Oh, my God. Yeah. Things are going very, very wrong. Yeah. The announcer voice is saying it has been nine, 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 nine days. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which sounds like it just maxed out, like the way you can only get a certain number of coins in Mario. Like it just doesn't go past a certain counter. Yeah, that's the problem. Oh, shit. So something had gone wrong at some point after that 50 days mark. Right. And Chell has been asleep for a very, very long time. Yeah, Ratman's definitely dead. Yeah, so we're not (laughs) sure really what happened, Ratman, but he's probably dead. You're absolutely right. R.I.P. the rat. Damn. I know. Poor guy. I love him. But yeah, so we're never really made clear in the game, but the producers have come out and said that, yeah, it's about 50,000 years later. Holy shit. Chell hears a banging on her bedroom door because it is like just basically a bedroom and actually that painting that you'd seen in the bedroom in the 50 days yeah it was a day scene and now it's a night scene oh that's creepy i love that super creepy no explanation about this either (laughs) yeah i'm wondering if like the experiment had worked they would try to see if you notice little changes here and there in the bedroom every time you get woken up for these. Yeah, every you know? interval they'd be like, oh, we moved the plant over here. Yeah, they're all about the science, you know? Can I tell you, just to divert for a second, Yeah, I used to do um, online therapy like on Zoom calls with uh-huh. my therapist, and he would move his plant every week. So sometimes really? there was a plant on both sides of him. Sometimes there's one plant. Sometimes there's no plant. So by session like three or four, I was like, hey, <laughs> are you trying to trick us? And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, man, I, you had a plant there. You had a plant there. He goes, no, I rotate them for sunlight. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm in here for obsessive compulsive disorder, right? <laughs> like you're prescribing me medication because I have le- I have been medically diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. Right. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I did not think about that. I genuinely just rotate them out every like three days so it's on a weird cycle so even if you hear every Tuesday they're in different positions I was like no no I'm just checking to see if you're testing me and he was like let's talk about that (laughs) that's perfect but I feel you I get it yeah so also there's a great tidbit about my mental state go on I'm curious if that's what they were doing with Shell but (laughs) it's neither here nor there because we are now 50,000 years in the future. Because everyone involved in this is dead now. Super crazy dead. Super dead. Because honestly, how do you have stakes when everybody's gone? <laughs> like, what's left? <laughs> what are we doing here? We're about to find out. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. Chell, here's this banging on the door, and it is the award-winning Stephen Merchant as Wheatley. Yay! 
Now, Wheatley is one of those cores that we saw at the end of the first Portal game. Oh, so like one of those round morality core ball things. Right. It's one of the morality core balls. You have to kill all of GLaDOS's cores as they slowly come out of her at the very last boss battle. You find out that the only reason she wasn't trying to kill everyone was because they put a morality core in her after she released the neurotoxins. Right, 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 right. Wheatley tells you that the reactor core of the entire facility is about to go down. And he found you as, like, the only living being still, like, going. So he confirms everyone's fucking dead. Yeah, he confirms everybody's dead. And he's there to help get you out of there. Oh, wow. So he smashes through a chamber wall and tells Chell to look for a gun that makes holes. (laughs) When this happens, you get an automatic achievement called Wake Up Call. Oh, that's good. It's cute. (laughs) Yeah, they've really cleverly named achievements in this one. I like this one. Yeah. The Aperture Science Facility is like completely overgrown and very badly damaged. Wow. Yeah, this is not like what you saw before. This is not like white walls. This is gray, musty, dirty walls. Oh, that's great. With like vines and shit? Yeah, it's all overgrown. It's great. He points you in the direction of one of those like poles that we saw in the first game that had the original portal gun on it. Okay. But the gun is missing. Ah, uh, damn it. And when you get out to the pole, it like crashes through the floor and you're in the sewers below it and you finally do find the gun. Okay. Uh, this one is the one that just shoots the blue. Oh. Okay, so it is like the first game where you are going to learn some of the mechanics early on. <laughs> you piece by piece end up getting your whole gun together. Yeah. But this is how we know that Ratman definitely woke up after his stasis for at least a little while. Okay. Because we come into this room and it is surrounded by murals that have been drawn by him. (gasps) And it is the story of the first Portal game. Oh, shit. Like a caveman putting his fucking history on the walls. Yeah. That's wild. And kind of like showcasing Shell as like our final hope still. Oh. I know. He always believed in her. He really did. That's a man. Yeah. I love him. (laughs) It's really sweet that he like dedicated this because we know that he went to sleep pretty much right after putting Shell into her like deep sleep. Right. So yeah, this is why I think that he definitely woke up at some point because he put this beautiful mural together. Ugh. I like that he's also like, here's a recap of what you missed on Portal. (laughs) Thanks, Ratman. Yeah. (laughs) Good job, buddy. So Wheatley is like kind of behind the scenes and he's trying to help find a way out. And you have to kind of work your way through with some of the test chambers in order to do so. Do you see him or do you just hear him? Uh, You can hear him. And so like every once in a while, what will happen is Wheatley will talk to you and you'll hear his voice. But then a panel will come like move out of the way and he will pop up out of it. What do you mean like a panel pops out? So like a panel. Hey, Johnson here. This is a test chamber. Good enough for science. Not aperture science. I give you panels. The planks of tomorrow. Say, panels will assist your test subjects every step of the way. That is not a panel. That's a crusher. We sell them too. Thank you. Thank you, Cave Johnson. What the fuck? Um, sorry. Yes, he does that. Okay. So the panels. I have concerns, but go on. (laughs) He'll pop up out from behind one of these panels and talk to you that way. Gotcha. Uh, He's also always on like a rail. He's on like a track, right? He's on a track that he has to follow the whole time. And you have to like keep working your way through this facility in order to find your orange portal. But again, this is just a tutorial section because like, you know, 
they're smart. They're not going to assume everybody played the first game on the orange box all that time ago. Right. But they'll assume people jump on the hype train. So, like, here's what you missed on fucking Portal. Here's how to do the thing. Right. But they also are recognizing that there's going to be plenty of people that definitely did play the first Portal game. Yeah. And they don't want to make it too long. So they take what you learned in 16 levels in the first game and compact it down to six. There you go. Yeah. That's fair. So you learn all those mechanics really quick. Yeah, very cool. Instead of GLaDOS taking through all this, it's actually that uh, announcer voice that we heard before. Oh, okay. And he reminds you very often that he is just recording and has no idea how well or poorly you are doing. (laughs) Where GLaDOS was very invested in your movement, he's like, do what you want, I do not care. Yeah, he's the complete opposite of that. But he's also very much like he doesn't care because he can't know what's happening with you. I have no investment in this. Yeah. <laughs> I miss GLaDOS. Is that yeah. weird to say? Oh, I don't blame you. We all miss GLaDOS. So when explaining the physics of portals, instead of GLaDOS's like speedy things go in, speedy things come out, he says, if the laws of physics no longer apply in the future, God help you. Is like fuck you you're on your own <laughs> what a dick yeah they recognize that they have no idea how far in the future you could wake up and like find yourself alone <laughs> is physics and gravity broken we don't know is there air <laughs> we don't know you're on your own buddy yeah that's great <laughs> so you do eventually find wheatley uh who's been on like one of those guide rails like we were talking about and he says he's limited by that rail but when you find him uh he's at the end of it oh he explains that he was told by a quote-unquote them that if he detaches himself from his rail, he would die. Oh! But he feels he is kind of left with no choice, and he is going to risk it. So he flings himself off and tells you to catch him. Catch me! He immediately falls to the ground. (laughs) So he's a little dummy. Oh, yeah, but he's perfectly fine. I love him. (laughs) Go, Wheatley. And then for someone who thought he'd be dead when he fell off, he knows that you can plug him into a thing on the wall that will like allow him to move to certain parts of the facility around. Okay, so you don't have to haul him around. Yeah, you kind of still do. Oh. He's just like <laughs> son of a bitch. He's just like kind of like I can R2D2 this shit and plug into like this wall over here. Gotcha. Yeah. But you're still fucking hauling him around. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Wheatley. Right. So Wheatley takes uh Shell through a series of old tunnels that are looking like frightening familiar. Uh-oh. Yeah, he tells you that in order to escape, we're going to have to go through her chamber. Her chamber? And Wheatley is terrified to go into her chamber. Oh, he should be. Out of the fear that she'll be awake. Hell yeah. We're just playing the pronoun game for no reason. I, there, Like you said, there's three voice actors in this fucking game. <laughs> right. One's Stephen Merchant. One's J.K. Simmons. You do the math. <laughs> but go on. He well, doesn't know that yet. <laughs> well, as the door opens, though, uh, he realizes that she's still dead. Oh. Wheatley does not realize you're the one who killed her. Oh. Because he tells you the story of the human that actually managed to defeat her. Oh, shit. Right? Her reputation precedes her. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. He also thinks that that human was a he. Keeps using uh, he pronouns. Oh, Wheatley. I know. How wrong he is. How wrong. Right. So, like, the only reason that he was helping you was actually just because you were the only human left alive in the facility. Right. You finally come across Gladys's like dead body. Oh shit! And it's just laying there in her lair, like on the ground. So it's mechanical parts and robot bits. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, it's not a human body or anything. Yeah. We're really personifying this fucking Zamboni. <laughs> right. No, it's a disassembled robot. Yeah. <laughs> and you go into the guts of her lair and you find like this room full of circuit breaker switches. And Wheatley tells you to find the one marked escape pod. <laughs> At least they were very literal about how they labeled things. <laughs> right. Thank God. But then you look around and you look up and there's like a thousand fucking switches. Oh, shit. In this room. It's very like it's, it's a circle that goes up. Oh, shit. And it's like this shaft and you can't even see the fucking top of it. It's going so high up. He's like, yep, grab the right one. And Wheatley's like, all right, it's dark up there. Let's plug me in and I'll turn on the lights. And he goes, let there be light. Uh, that's a uh, God. It was God I was quoting. <laughs> I like Wheatley so much. That's so cute. God bless him. Oh, it's such a good line. Yeah, I love that guy. That was God I was quoting. <laughs> but uh, Wheatley didn't turn on the lights. Uh, he actually initiated a power-up sequence. Oh, no. Uh, the platform you're on lifts up through like the breakers and flips them all on as you're going on. All of them? All of them. And the announcer robot says, power-up initiated as you burst through into GLaDOS's chamber. Wheatley's a dumbass. And you watch as she reassembles herself and comes back alive. <gasps> so you said you miss GLaDOS. I did. I do. I'm happy. <laughs> and in this moment, you unlock the achievement, you monster. <laughs> you love that line so much. You say it every like week at least. I do. I quote it as much as I quote the Raimi Spider-Man movies, <laughs> which is often. <laughs> Way too often. Yeah. She sees Chell and she goes, oh, it's you. It's been a long time. How have you been? I've been really busy being dead. <laughs> you know, after you murdered me. She said that? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. That's so good. This is when Wheatley realizes like, oh, you're the fucking one that killed GLaDOS? I had no fucking idea. Wow. All right. That's impressive. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But then she grabs Wheatley like out of the little socket that he was in <gasps> and crushes him. Oh, my God. And just tosses him away. She's a bad bitch. You can't kill her. She is a very bad bitch. She calls you, you monster. Yay! And says that since you are so eager to wake her up and get back to testing, she's going to oblige you. Oh, God, I love her. So she's such a perfect fucking villain. Yeah. Oh, I love her so much. She's so happy to see you and just get right back into testing. I, You know what? You know what makes her so scary? She's fucking unflappable. Right. She's been dead for 50,000 years. She gets up and she's like, let's get back to business, bitch. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking cool. You know, that's a really good work ethic right there. <laughs> she's a robot, man. She's dedicated to the science. She's a machine. <laughs> uh, well, what she does is she picks you up and she opens the former incinerator which it's 50,000 years later it's not turned on anymore <laughs> it's burnt out but she does drop you down into the incinerator Aww. and you fall for a very 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 long time oh shit and thankfully you have the long fall boots now the long fall boots hello investors Dave Johnson here we have run into a reproducible human error problem a lot of expensive equipment getting broken I give you the long fall boot Think of it as a foot-based suit of armor for the portal device. So anyway, we're between banks right now. Just make those checks out to cash. Cave Johnson, we're done here.
Yes, thank you, Cave Johnson, once again. You can hear these, right? It's not just me? No, really, I'm sorry. He does this. I'm not, I'm losing my mind, right? He, he will just, like, cut in whenever he feels like it. Jesus Christ. There is no stopping Cave Johnson. Oh, my God. So she throws you down into here because the orange portal gun is actually down there. Oh, she's helping you out. Yeah. So it had its method to her madness, which is literal madness. <laughs> and she leads you to the testing chamber so you can start doing your tests. I love her so much. On your way, she tells you that while dead, she was forced to relive her death over and over and over again for the past 50,000 years. Is that what happens when we die? I don't know, but at least it did with her. Interesting. I know. There's philosophy built into this that I'm going to dive way too much into. (laughs) I don't think you want to. It'll probably go really dark real quick. Yup. It's okay. I'll go see my plant moving therapist afterwards. And she says that she is planning to test you for the rest of your life. Great. And after that, she's going to get into reanimating the dead. (laughs) Just for you, bitch. Just so she can keep on testing you. So really, this is just set up for zombie portal. Right. (laughs) That's all I heard. (laughs) So we're on to chapter two now, which is called the cold boot. (laughs) And the testing chambers are looking awful, like I was saying. And GLaDOS is having a really, really hard time getting all the systems back under her control. Oh, just because it's been 50,000 years. Right. Things are falling the fuck apart. It's just decrepit, right? Yeah, entirely. Everything's falling apart. And the next few chambers actually start to introduce some new gameplay elements to Portal 2. Because mm-hmm. the first six levels, like I was saying, just introduced you to all the elements that you learned in the first game. Right. Now we're going to get into some new stuff exclusive to Portal 2. So that's what we were talking about with those lasers before. Yeah. And the Discouragement beams? Yeah, the discouragement beams. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of story in these parts because this is, again, some new tutorial stuff, but it's with new elements at least. Cool. So they can take their time a little bit more here because this is at least going to be new to everybody. Very cool. And during this, it's really just Gladys kind of like taking the piss out of Shell the whole time. <laughs> just fucking ripping on Shell. Yeah, she's like, you killed me all those years ago. Like, I deserve this. We're not friends. No. <laughs> And she's got, like, so many insults that she's saved up for this moment. One of my favorite things that GLaDOS does after mm-hmm. Shell has been asleep for 50,000 years is constantly call her fat. <laughs> like, I haven't played this, but I've watched it over your shoulder. I've watched a lot of content about it. I just haven't been able to play it on a console since I've been playing video games. Really. Right. But I will be now that it's coming to Switch. And... Just the amount of times GLaDOS is like, you're really fat. <laughs> really fucking cutting and funny. And Shell is very athletic. Like yeah. she's she's not skinny, I wouldn't say, but she has an athletic body. Like she definitely looks like she can do some fucking cardio. Right. No. She's she, like a kickboxer's body. She's fit, but there's she's nothing fat at all about her. No. And she's also been in stasis for a long time. She hasn't eaten food in fifty thousand years. <laughs> Fuck off, GLaDOS. <laughs> So she gets into one of the uh, test chambers and, you know, you complete it and everything and you do a good job. And then Gladys is like, so we have the results of your test and the results say that you're a horrible person. (laughs) She's the most bitter robot bitch of all time. They weren't even testing for that. Just came up. (laughs) Just what the test says. You're a horrible person. (laughs) And then she's like, at least the science now backs up your mother's decision to abandon you at birth. Oh! (laughs) GLaDOS! 
She is cutting, though. She's a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. She's my hero. In another one of the test chambers, like after the test, GLaDOS congratulates Shell on beating the odds on not being extremely skinny after emerging from suspension, even managing to gain some weight. <laughs> yeah. Call your fat for no fucking reason. <laughs> It's so good. And Jell's so stubborn. She's like, I won't give you the satisfaction of a response. Like being a silent protagonist, she's just like, one, it's a game decision. You don't have to do a voiceover. You don't. Ha- you can kind of put your own spin on how you feel Shell feels. I feel like Shell's like, fuck you. Don't let them see you sweat. Keep your head down, baby girl. We got this. There is a strength to silence in this. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 At one point, she tells you that the air you're breathing is just recycled CO2. They kind of like take out the C and just leave the O2 and just throw it back out into the atmosphere. So you're just going to breathe the same air all the time until you die. There you go. Just recycled over and over again. Ugh. She is evil in like some of the worst ways. But you love her so goddamn much for it. It's so good. Yeah. In these early test chambers, in test chamber seven, this is actually the only time that we do see the companion cube. Oh. From the first game. So they're not all over the place like they were in the first game? No. And it's it's hardly really like even like made a big deal about in this one, to be real. Mm. But in this one, so remember how we had those particle fields that would destroy anything that you'd pass through it? Right. This one didn't have one. Oh. And if you play it correctly, you can get the companion cube through to the elevator. If you do that, you unlock an achievement called Preservation of Mass. Yes. But GLaDOS doesn't give a shit what you want to do. (laughs) Why would she? And she remotely detonates the companion cube in your hand. Oh my god, can she do that? She can do that. Does it explode? No, it does the same like phase out that a uh, particle field would do. So it kind of disintegrates? Yeah, it just disintegrates in your hand. Oh shit, wait, that makes me really sad (laughs) because the companion cube is people. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's too bad. Oh. (laughs) Oh, that one hurt. I'm sorry, I didn't didn't think I would react that much that one i felt that in my stomach yeah oh but as you're going through every once in a while you do see wheatley pop out just be like hey guys so he's still alive okay even though glados crushed the shit out of him is he on his rail he is on a rail now okay yeah in one of the chambers you keep hitting an aerial faith plate like you keep going like bouncing way up high in the air yeah and at the top of your arc uh wheatley's there oh and he keeps trying to tell you like a whole fucking story in like the quarter of a second that you have while you're up in the air (laughs) wheatley's dumb in the meantime while you're down at the bottom of your arc fucking glados is sitting there making fun of you for being so fat that you can't reach the top of the arc that you're supposed to (laughs) on the aerial faith plate it's like Shell's babysitting two assholes. <laughs> like one's just a hyperactive kid being like, hey, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this. The other one's like, you're fat and I hate you. <laughs> this is great. And so she's like, all right, I'm going to add like a couple extra zeros to the weight limit on this thing. <laughs> a couple extra zeros. A couple what extra a zeros, bitch. Right? Shell weighs 115 tops and it's lean muscle. You get to like launch up still not high enough and like, you know, because you're so fucking fat. It's still not working. So she lowers the ceiling instead, but that cuts you off from Wheatley, and so Aww. you can't talk to him anymore. Hmm. But one time, she, while you're like finally flying through the air like you're supposed to be, she says that you are majestic as you fly through the air, like an eagle piloting a blimp.
This was the best writing. I love it so goddamn much. It's so good. Oh, the actresses said, like, some of the lines that they had to cut were just too biting. Oh, I want to hear all of them. <laughs> Bitch. Yeah, there's like 2,500 lines that GLaDOS recorded. What? and Yeah. Holy shit. They obviously could not put all of them into the game. How long does it take to beat this game? You know, it depends on your level of puzzle solving skills, you know. Right. I think five hours should be your average person. Okay, so that's, you can't fit that many lines in a five hour game. That's insane. No. They knew they were going to cut a whole bunch of shit. (laughs) That's incredible though. Holy shit. Yeah. No, it's, it's, that's pretty wild. So now we're on to chapter three. The Return. Ooh. Chell gets put through some more tests, and now we are introducing some light bridges. Actually, this is a new element to the game as well. And the turrets are introduced. Dave Johnson here, introducing the consumer version of our most popular military-grade product. They come in hundreds of designer colors, including forest, desert, table, evening at the improv. What idiot picked these so you can protect the things that matter most? Good night. Just try and get close to that baby. (laughs) Your funeral. You good? Is he in the room? He's, I, I hope he's done. Oh my God. Like, honestly. Cave, we're done with you, okay? We haven't even introduced you yet. I don't know where he is, but I can hear him. <laughs> as you approach one of the doors, it's malfunctioning and won't open. And GLaDOS says she's going to be right back as she goes fix the door. And Wheatley appears. And he's inside one of those windows that we talked about in the first game that is overlooking the test chambers. Oh yeah, the observation area. Yeah, the little observation windows. So you can like just see that he's back there, but you can't see him like really clearly. Yeah. And he says that he took a bunch of bird eggs and jammed them into the door to break them. Wheatley logic is amazing. I found a <laughs> bunch of eggs and I stuck them in shit. I got this. Well, Mama Bird was not happy about it, and the crow starts attacking Wheatley. Oh, no! <laughs> but he lets you know, he's like, all right, listen, I've got a plan, just you gotta keep hanging in there, it's, we, gotta, we gotta wait a couple more chambers. I feel like Wheatley is such a breath of fresh air, because like GLaDOS is very dark and dry, and Wheatley's like, I'm being attacked by a bird! He's very goofy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very good contrast, and you need those comparisons. Totally. Yeah. So you continue testing and GLaDOS just keeps ripping on you. You know, she tells you that like the orange jumpsuit you're wearing looks stupid. (laughs) On the other test subjects, it looks great. (laughs) But on Shell, it just looks stupid. Avi. Uh, It's even written in her file, like makes jumpsuit look stupid. It's in her file. Oh my God. (laughs) Right. Somebody took the time to write this down about you. I love it. And I don't have thumbs. So, you know, it wasn't me. (laughs) So GLaDOS starts to just, like, say even meaner things, you know, as she does. Right. And starts to mention finding two people with Chell's last name in cryosleep. Oh. Coincidentally, it's a man and a woman. (gasps) And she tells you that she has a surprise for you. Oh, my God. She says that yesterday was your birthday. And you didn't notice because she likes to mix adrenaline into the air so that the passage of time goes unnoticed. Oof. <laughs> no, Oof. some dark shit, right? One of the chambers that you're going into next was designed by one of Aperture Science's Nobel Prize winners. Now, it doesn't say which Nobel Prize they've won, but it was definitely not for being immune to neurotoxin. Oh my god. So, so Gladys is like, I killed probably your mom or dad. <laughs> 
Happy birthday, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't kill her parents that she's saying. She's saying she killed the uh, designer of the next chamber. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, so she uh, killed a Nobel Prize winner. Just for funsies. Just for funsies. Oh, GLaDOS <laughs> is the best. That's fucking wild. Well, remember, she killed a whole bunch of people one day. And then they installed a morality core. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus. That takes us on to chapter four, the surprise. The surprise? This is where Chell is given her surprise. Is it cake? No. It's never cake. It's nothing. Oh. <laughs> There's a little puff confetti that comes falling down from a tube. That's pretty great, though. <laughs> That's it. GLaDOS does say she's going to call Chell's parents. Oh? Yeah. And then there's like this little voice recording that says, we don't love our daughter. Goodbye. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, does it sound like GLaDOS or does it sound like a people voice? It sounds like a robot. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like GLaDOS necessarily, but yeah. <laughs> It'd be great if she was like, I'm going to fucking emulate someone just to like fuck with this girl that I fucking hate. Right. I have a voicemail from your parents. We don't love you. <laughs> Happy birthday, bitch. While you're transitioning between some test chambers, uh, you do see Wheatley, and he tells you that he joined a crew of nanobots, which he's a gigantic fucking core. Right. And he says he joined a team of nanobots. A core is probably, what, basketball-sized? Yeah, I'd say basketball-sized is okay. a good size. Yeah, maybe a little bit bigger. Gotcha. Maybe beach ball to basketball? Yeah, not much bigger than a basketball. Okay. And <laughs> that they're working to rebuild this facility... And he has figured out now how to escape. Ooh. But you do have to wait like five more chambers. Okay. I do like that it's more than just because GLaDOS is making you go through testing that you have to keep going to. Yeah, like you've also got this other weird fucking robot <laughs> who's kind of on your side. He might be a little afraid of you knowing that you killed GLaDOS, but he's yeah. like, he's at least trying. Yeah, exactly. Now... In the first game, we had 19 test chambers. We kept seeing like little boards lighting up telling us how many test chambers we were in. Right. This one is 22 chambers. Okay. And so far, all the chambers have been like falling apart, decrepit, like I said. Yeah. And then we get into chamber number 20, and it is perfect. Oh, like pristine condition? It is crisp, white, clinical, and GLaDOS tells you that everything is back up and running. Oh, shit. And that all of her test chambers are now full and ready to kill you. <laughs> full and ready to kill you is great. <laughs> that should be on a hot sauce. I love it. <laughs> yeah. In chamber 21, uh, the lights, though, shut off. Oh. The bridge light that you're on disappears, and GLaDOS has no idea what's happening. Oh, shit. A panel in the wall opens up. And Wheatley appears. Wheatley. He shows you through to a back room and the two of you begin chapter five, The Escape. <gasps> I love it. They really do lay out these chapters very well. It's very cinematic. Like, it this is. This is great. Yeah. No, it's super. Because like you go into the scene and it, like the chapter title like it just flashes across the scene. And oh. it's just and then like fades out. But it's, it's just so perfectly done. That's satisfying. So now you're in the guts of the facility again, and you run through while Wheatley tells you his plan, and you're going to break all of the turrets and her neurotoxin manufacturing and escape when she thinks she's got you cornered. GLaDOS attempts to lure Chell to her death by, like, 
leading her into this like super easy test chamber. Okay. Seemingly easy. Yeah. And she's like, hey, just come over here. This was the last test chamber. And if you complete it, I'll let you go. Totally. She's like, look, there's a deer over here. <laughs> so come and do it real fast. And you get over there and like it's pretty much already solved. And then you look around and all the chambers are completely sealed around you. And she floods it with neurotoxin and you die. Damn it. So your best option is just to continue with Wheatley. Yeah. <laughs> and not go and try to solve that super easy puzzle. Don't fall for the deer. <laughs> Don't a deer. No. And like this is like really a lot like the finale of the first game where you're like using everything you've learned so far to escape. Yeah. And it features turrets. You've got these moving walls. GLaDOS is using the like actual facility itself to try and kill you. Oh, shit. So she's like trying to smash test chambers together while you're in between them. Oh, no. Yeah. No, she is like maniacal and out to fucking get you. Jesus. Finally, the lights go out and uh, Wheatley says he's going to try something that is probably going to kill him. Oh, and he turns on a flashlight. He doesn't really know what kill himself means. Like he's he's threatened action that would kill him twice now. And one was plugging into a wall, like unplugging from a thing. Right. And turning on a flashlight. He's like, I either have a battery or I am DC. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Yeah. And it turned out he was battery operated because those quote unquote, they told him again that it would probably kill him. Gotcha. Yeah. Whoever this they is. He might be a dumb core. Like, the cores are for morality and, like, balance and justice and shit. His might just be, like, whimsy. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> well, they do manage to eventually sabotage Lados's turret and neurotoxin manufacturing facilities before they get to her. Good. Turrets, they do it by, they put this broken turret into, like, a template zone, and the quality control robots see this broken turret as being like the prime version of it. And so they destroy any working turrets. Oh, so they're like, this is what they are supposed to look like. If they don't look like this, fuck them up. Yeah. that's. I think the broken turret is one of Nolan North's voices. Yes, Nolan North does play the broken turrets. <laughs> Starring Nathan Drake as broken robot. <laughs> and then the neurotoxin one, you break these by actually breaking some rules of Portal. Oh, Traditionally in Portal, you cannot put a portal onto a moving wall. Okay. However, in order to destroy the neurotoxin, you do put a portal onto a moving wall. So it allows you to do it in this one specific in this area. one specific moment, you're using a laser to like chop up some wires. That's got to be really hard to figure out, huh? A little bit because, yeah, you are trained that you're not supposed to be allowed to do that. And then they're like, JK, they're like, but here it's fine. Here it's okay. If you're fucking up GLaDOS, <laughs> go for it. Right. <laughs> now, in between these two facilities, when you're going between the turret manufacturing facility and the neurotoxin facility, you go into the employee daycare center. Oh, no. This is going to be dark. Now, this is where Bring Your Daughter to Work Day occurred. <gasps> That's right. And it's very clear here that Bring Your Daughter to Work Day was basically the last day anybody was here. And it ended very abruptly. Oh! If you remember from the last game, GLaDOS decided to flood the place with neurotoxin that day. Right. She saw all of the children there as being, oh, look, there's a lot of fucking test subjects here now. This is great. We basically doubled the number of test subjects we could have. So she put flooded the place with neurotoxin and put a whole bunch of fucking people into stasis. Oh, my God. And turn them into her test subjects. Right. And then they quarantined everything through a morality core in her and they tried to 
figure out what to do next. And, yeah. Yeah. And that's Holy shit. why Ratman started his whole adventure. Ugh. So we know that Shell's, both of Shell's parents worked at Aperture. Yeah. Now. And so Shell was one of those daughters that came to bring your daughter to work day. Right. So we find that out by going through and on bring your daughter to work day, there was some like science fair experiments. And it seemed like every fucking kid decided to make a potato battery. <laughs> you know, as you do. As you do. It's yeah. that or a volcano. Let's go. <laughs> There's like one kid that didn't do one and it wasn't Shell. I didn't understand the assignment. But the last one that you go through is this gigantic fucking potato. Like how big? Like floor to ceiling. Oh, shit. Vines and crazy shit growing out of this potato. Like James the Giant Potato. Yeah. Oh, shit. And the poster board behind it in the very bottom right and small kid writing is the name Chell. That's my girl. So stubborn. Her potato outlasted everything, too. And this is how we find out that, like, Chell was abducted that day. And became test subject number 1498. No. Remember, Ratman like moved her name up the list when he found out she was so stubborn and she would never quit and stuff. Mm -hmm. And considering how much older she is when she starts in Portal 1, like how old would you say she is? Like mid-20s? I was going to say like 23, 24. Yeah. She was basically raised in a test tube. Oh, that's wild. Like, that's fucked up. She's probably like eight when she goes in for Bring Your Daughter to Work Day based on that handwriting. You would imagine so. Yeah, or Ugh. so. So you wonder why she's a mute character. She's like, what the fuck does she have to talk about? <laughs> like, yeah, she's gone through some basically some torture. This poor girl. Yeah. Poor, poor thing. And you kind of have to piece those parts together, you know? It's not something that they are very direct with or come out and say. Oh, poor baby. Yeah. It's it's pretty uh, tragic. You have to kind of, like I said, piece it together. But once you do, it's like, oh, fuck. This is really kind of a lot darker than you would imagine for such a funny-ass game. For a puzzle game about robots? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Now, at one point, you do find yourself on this conveyor belt with like a bunch of junk from the facility. And along it is a turret that's malfunctioning. Mm -hmm. But it says as you pass it, I'm different. Ooh. If you pick it up, it thanks you. Tells you to get mad, not make lemonade, and then <laughs> tells you the story of Prometheus and how he was eaten by birds. <laughs> you're right. You're not like other robots, buddy. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Fuck the lemons. Get mad. <laughs> <laughs> then he says her name was Carolyn. Then just starts repeating these lines over and over again. Okay. Next up. You and Wheatley jump into a series of tubes that are like hurtling cores and cubes all over the place. They remind me of those tubes from Futurama. Yeah. Yeah. Where they shoot people through. All over the place. Kind of like the tubes of banks, but like bank. bigger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time I saw those, I lost my mind. I was I like, know. are we in the 1920s sending letters through the fucking <laughs> buildings? This is amazing. <laughs> and you're like, this is a normal thing that people do in the Midwest. And I was like, <laughs> good for you. This is fucking magic. Yeah, I was there with you that time. That was really funny to see your reaction. And I was like waving to the banker like, did you get it? And she's like, yeah, dumbass. <laughs> this is normal. <laughs> I'm a city rat. Well, in these tubes, you are on your way to GLaDOS. <gasps> GLaDOS. Now, as you're in the tubes, Wheatley is having like the time of his life. Is he just having a ball right now? Yeah, because of course he was told that if he ever goes in one of these tubes, he'd die. <laughs> 
is he butters? Like, <laughs> I feel like at every turn, everyone was like, you can't go outside or you'll get murdered. He's right. Like, All right. I'll just be an agoraphobic <laughs> robot, I guess. Bless him. Well, as he's going through these tubes, he's looking around. He's like, oh, my God, this place goes down for like miles. But he's like, but that was all like sealed off years and years ago. And then suddenly you guys get separated by a fork in the road. Oh, no. Once you get out of the tube, you work your way through a little until you see a door. And when you get to the door, it turns out to be plywood against the wall. Oh, not a great door. And it just falls over. Oh. And GLaDOS says, she's surprised you fell for such a simple trap. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking GLaDOS. And then she pulls you into a room surrounded in like, she puts you in like a new little glass case of emotion. Oh, shit. And pulls you into a room where you see her and she's like towering over you. Oh, no. And she surrounds you with a bunch of broken turrets. Oh, no. That you have now sabotaged. And she's like, well, shit. <laughs> Clearly, you've been busy. Damn it. All right. Well, then let's um, let's go with neurotoxin. I'm going to flood the room with neurotoxin. So this big ass tube comes in and like crashes into your glass tube and Wheatley comes tumbling out of it. There's my boy. Into your tube. The announcer says that a substitute core has been detected and says that it can initiate a core transfer. A core transfer. Wheatley's a core. So is this a transfer of core of Wheatley into GLaDOS? Right. So (gasps) No, really? Shell and Wheatley decide, all right, well, you know. Wheatley decides. Yeah. I can take over and get rid of GLaDOS. Oh, my God. After the announcer says that you can initiate a core transfer, a little, like, device pops up out of the ground, and you slide Wheatley onto it. Oh, shit. And he says that he needs verbal confirmation from both cores to do it. And they both have to agree. Okay. But they don't agree. Right, because one is GLaDOS and one is Wheatley. Exactly. Obviously, GLaDOS is like, I veto this shit. (laughs) Do not put Wheatley inside of me. Right. So there is an override button that a human can push. And, you know, GLaDOS does her best to protect it. But you've got a portal gun. Yeah. So you get there. You push the button. (gasps) And, like, they go and they just rip fucking GLaDOS's head off. Shut up. Like, immediately? Oh, yeah. Her fucking scream is actually, like, horrifying oh my god yeah and she's a robot yeah and her vocal tones have been very even throughout the entire game even when she's like you murdered me you monster have you ever heard an auto-tuned scream it's fucked up i do listen to (laughs) t-pain but yeah like hear somebody die in auto-tune oh it is weird that's gnarly and it is like it it sounded scary for her So now her head is just like lying on the ground. Oh, God. And Wheatley comes popping up as like the head of GLaDOS's body. Stupid ass little beach ball ass Wheatley. He is. It's like this tiny little beach ball ass (laughs) instead of, you know, GLaDOS's gigantic head that goes on there. Like those creepy teddy bears that are a big body with the tiny head and shit. Yeah. That's Wheatley. (laughs) That's exactly what it looks like. That's great. (laughs) And he does one of those like triumphant laughs that like turns maniacal oh no he's gonna get drunk off the power he does you're on a platform he's like all right i'm gonna like lift you up and you can go outside and as you're going up he's like but like why (gasps) why should i do that no wheatley we were homies and he like does this one scene where he's like brendan fraser and bamboozled where he uh starts speaking spanish (laughs) 
I use cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> he says something along the lines of the program you're trying to use is you're using it incorrectly. Please refer to the manual. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like Brendan Fraser <laughs> in Bamboozle. Not doing it correctly. Oh, that's right. great. I love it. And then the body that like he's inside of also has programming of its own that like he wasn't aware of. Right, because it's like GLaDOS's I don't want to say mech, but like Kind of her mech? It is. Well, it's the facilities mech because yeah. it gives him a desire to test. Okay. And so he's like, so I need you to stay because I need you to test. That's my one function. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was going to be a thing, but y- you can't go anywhere now. <laughs> what a dick. And then GLaDOS starts talking like she's just like, you fucking idiot. Like. So she's not dead. She's not dead. She's just not in control. She's not in control anymore. And she starts heckling him, you know, because it's fucking GLaDOS. Is it coming from where her head ended up? Like, she's not, I guess the voice is coming from all around you, but she's not physically in the mech anymore, so to speak. Wheatley's running the mech. Okay. She's confined to her head at this point. Ugh. And Wheatley's just like, you know what? I'm tired of your shit. And he rips her personality out of her head (gasps) and jams her into a potato battery. A potato. So. Like the potato sack from the ARG. Yes. That's where our first introduction to the potatoes were. Oh, my God. We've been teased about potatoes all the way through. (laughs) And it's because we got potatoes. (laughs) Because it was story relevant. That's so good. Yes. Potatoes was born. Was it the big potato that uh, Shell made for the science fair? <laughs> no, it wasn't that gigantic. That's one. Oh. No, he uh, he wanted to make sure that she was embarrassed, so he put oh. her in just like the like most simple thing he could possibly put her in. Not even the cool potato. Right, without letting her die, but just barely survive. Ugh. And so he continues his tirade, and Glados realizes that she has like seen this guy before. Oh. And she recalls, like, in her distant past where Aperture Science created Wheatley with the express purpose of impairing GLaDOS with self-destructively stupid ideas. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's too perfect. I love it so much. She was like, you were always meant to be my downfall with with your dumbassery. (laughs) She refers to him as the moron they built to make her an idiot. I don't even care if that's a mind game she's playing. It's perfect. (laughs) GLaDOS is the fucking best. And uh, Wheatley is like humiliated and pissed at this point. Totally. Reasonably so. He's like, fuck you, potato. And he tosses GLaDOS into the elevator that, you know, you you as Shell are still in. You've been in this elevator during all of this. And he just starts beating the lift down into the ground, down into the ground, and just finally gives way and starts falling. Oh, shit. And it leads us into chapter six, The Fall. Chell and GLaDOS fall down this disused length of what clearly used to be a much larger elevator shaft. Mm -hmm. At fully four kilometers deep, The Fall gives them, like, a lot of time to catch up. So GLaDOS says, oh, hi. So, how are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. I'm a potato. And then she has like a little. No. Oh, good. My slow clap processors are still intact. 
I love her so fucking much. <laughs> She's the best. We're, we all eat potatoes tonight in her honor. Yes, you all should eat potatoes. <laughs> I love her so much. She is completely unenthusiastic about their chances of surviving their trip underneath the laboratories. She sarcastically thanks Shell for putting a core that was designed to be the dumbest piece of shit to ever exist in charge of everything. <laughs> She's fantastic. It's the best villain of all video games. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Micah. So she herself is unaware of how far down Aperture Science actually goes and has no idea what to expect. Huh. And then finally you crash through and while your fall is broken by your long boots, it's still such a long fall that you're knocked unconscious. Oh, shit. I mean, four kilometers. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. You're going to live, but it's going to hurt. Yeah. After a short space of time, uh, Shell regains consciousness and is greeted with the sight of GLaDOS being completely, like, picked at by a large crow. Oh, the crow that was attacking Wheatley's attacking GLaDOS now. Yeah. Birds are not your friend in this game. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. Not at all. (laughs) No. Does not like robots. A long splinter of metal from the casing of the elevator is, like, speared GLaDOS onto it, too. Oh, shit. Yeah, so her battery is not even, like, fully intact. Oof. And it's prevented her from, like, smashing, though, like, into the ground, at least. Okay. The crow grabs the potato and flies off with it. (laughs) Bye, GLaDOS. And you're, like, underground. (laughs) You're super underground. Four kilometers down. Like, don't you just curl up and die at this point? You're like, you know what? It's been a good run. Or Miles, as Wheatley would say. Yeah, fair enough. So now Chell has found herself in the old Aperture Science, where she's greeted by the voice of Cave Johnson. (gasps) Oh, that man that keeps coming into this room to explain things to us. Yes. Well, he likes to come into the room and explain things to her now. (laughs) The tables have turned. And he welcomes the gentleman to Aperture Science. Of course he fucking does. (laughs) And he says that he needs the best of the best, the astronauts, war heroes, and Olympians. The Black Mesa rejects. Who better to test than the best humans we have to offer? Okay, fair enough. You know, that's his whole theory. Yeah. Shell is left alone to kind of wander around this room from the 1950s, back when Aperture Laboratories was instead known as Aperture Science Innovators. Shell is guided by pre-recorded messages by like Cave Johnson, who is the former CEO, which we've met him a couple times. And he also has some appearances from his assistant, Caroline. Mm-hmm. Cave is now going to be our tour guide through the new, ap- well, I guess it's the old aperture of yesteryear. Okay. He explains that since he's so important and can't be everywhere at once, he has these pre-recorded messages throughout to help you guide you through. It's like when you start a new job and the CEO does that welcome video of like, hey, we're fucking glad you're here at Baskin Robbins. Here's how you <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for being a part of our family. That's the most interaction you will ever have with this person. Yeah, you will never see this person IRL. <laughs> okay, got you. Not even a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so outside the facility, you actually see this big boat and its name is the Borealis. The Borealis? Like an actual boat? Like, yeah, it's a gigantic, like, shipping boat. Okay. And it was last seen in Half-Life 2, Episode 2. Oh, shit. And we are nowhere near getting to that game. Okay. Like, that's a long way off before we start talking about that game. Interesting. But it is in that game. 
which also this game takes place 50,000 years after the events of Half-Life 2. Right. But it is back in Aperture Science. Interesting. So hmm. time travel may or may not be involved. I mean, they figured out portals in both. In Half-Life, you open a portal to hell and a bunch of aliens come through or some shit like that. Or maybe it's a simulation that they've figured out how to do parallel universes. It's fine. I'm not losing my mind. And in this one, you can just walk through fucking matter. Honestly, this one's kind of a mystery still. Nobody's really sure what this was about. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, anytime they can tie these two in, I really love it. I, I fucking dig this shit really <laughs> hard. But everything you said is also theories that have to do with how it's there and why it's there. Just a theory. <laughs> so sometimes you're in offices, sometimes you're in test chambers that look nothing like the test chambers you're used to. Like, these are very, very different. Right, because they're vintage. And they call them science spheres. Science spheres. <laughs> they have a lot fewer portal walls because portal technology was new. It was in its infancy. In, in its infancy is a very good way of putting it, yeah. And this whole facility is in, like, a dense fog. Oh, creepy. Because you're in an ancient salt mine underneath Michigan. That's right. Aperture was found as a salt mine. Right. By Cave Johnson. Who were who would go on to do defrosting technology, quote unquote. <laughs> and not think to use his salt mine. That's just underground. To de-ice. I love it. Brilliant man. Yeah. Innovator. As Chell goes through, she finally activates a uh, system for the repulsion gel. Now that is the bouncy one. Oh, fun. Right. And Cave Johnson comes on to let you know that there was one poor guy from the control group who just got blue paint and his legs shattered immediately. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why would you announce that in the tour? Actually, uh, Cave also addresses that, that somebody came to him afterwards. Like, they told me not to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I'm the one who pays all the bills here, so I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. Don't tell me don't talk about things. Would you rather work at HR here? <laughs> <laughs> or, or HR Joey Drew Studios. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, reminder, HR Joey Drew Studios is down a moat <laughs> through hell. I mean, this is a moat through hell. I'll tell you what, what fucking Cave Johnson puts these fucking people <laughs> through is ungoddamn real. So Joey Drew Studios for you. HR yeah. associate doing payroll and PTO processing. I think it would be much easier at Joey Drew Studios than at Aperture. Okay, fair enough. You're oh, dying at work God. either way. There's one point where Cave Johnson talks about praying mantis armies. What? Yeah, I didn't even mention, I wasn't going to mention it, but you want to talk about how weird it gets. There is an army of praying mantis, like humanoid praying mantises that people are battling as well. I want a full comic series dedicated to this world <laughs> and Cave Johnson training the praying mantises. I, I, I need it now. I need it. Give me Valve Plus as a streaming service. Take my money. I will write you a blank check to produce this. Uh, Give it to me now. If only, right? Yeah. He warns you that if you get covered in this repulsion gel, well, don't get covered in the repulsion gel. <laughs> Uh, whatever element is in it, we're not quite sure what it is, but it is a lively one, and it does not like the human skeleton. Oh, no. <laughs> if you master the repulsion gel, you unlock an achievement called Vertically Unchallenged. I like that. Isn't that cute? That's good. Cave also lets you know that in order to keep out all the rats, the science spheres have been made entirely out of asbestos. <laughs> 
That's very 50s. You said this is like the 50s, 60s. Yeah, this is the 50s room. This is very 50s. <laughs> and if you smoke while you're pregnant, it keeps you skinny. Right. And he says that uh, if you have shortness of breath or your heart stops, let somebody know. Because that's not the test. That's the asbestos. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> Give like, him his own spinoff. This is perfect. Like how they managed to create another character as classic as GLaDOS with a completely different sense of humor. Totally. And we're pretty far in, right? Oh, yeah. Like, we're really far in at this point. Yeah. To introduce this character and give him so much life and make it such a breath of fresh air. Breath of as- <laughs> a breath of asbestos air. It's so good. Recycled asbestos air. Recycled asbestos air. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. So it's funny you were talking about the Borealis and time travel earlier because in one of the experiments, Cave says that it involves trace amounts of time travel. Trace amounts of time travel? My theory is that it is early portal testing. Okay. Okay. And the reason I think that is because he talks about if you encounter yourself, don't interrupt the handsome bastard. (laughs) I love caves so much. Just let him go about his business. Now, what I think they were doing was testing portals and they were able to see themselves through the portal, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, if you kind of line up a portal the right way, you can see yourself going in. Yeah. And I think what they were, that the reason that he calls it trace amounts of time travel is they saw it as like they were time traveling to now. In just a different area. Yeah. They can see the same spot from a different perspective. So that was like time traveling to the same time, but. That's what they believe the portals were doing. Kind of a parallel hop. Yeah. I mean, they later, I think Cave Johnson later believes that it's actually like multidimensional time jumping. Like Totally. Portals are complicated. Yeah. And they figured it out. I mean, look what happened when fucking Black Mesa figured it out. They opened a portal to hell. To literal hell. Yeah. They took the tram to hell. <laughs> like, honestly, Cave is a lunatic. Yeah. In and, the best way. In like the best way, because like he just keeps going on like... These science rants (laughs) and how it's unfair for rich people. Avi. Of course, the rich man is always upset about how it affects the rich man. (laughs) He is aggressively American. And like he just thinks like everybody should like dedicate themselves for the science and for free. Avi. And then like at one point, even like fires a random person that's just like walking by (laughs) while he's recording. And they kept it. <laughs> kept that in. Right. They didn't delete that. He said, I'm not doing another take. No. Fuck you. <laughs> like, we've done different takes for the show. <laughs> like, Joey Jew put on a performance for every single one of his recordings but one. Cave doesn't put on a performance for fucking anybody. <laughs> cave is cave, bitch. Cave is cave, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, Cave's a pretty great character. They they swung for the fences with Cave Johnson. Oh, uh, you have J.K. Simmons. You gotta let him go, you know? Yeah. Just let him go off. I love it. It's really cool, too, because you get to see a lot of, like, elements from the Portal series in their infancy here, too. Oh, cool. So you get to see the first weighted cubes here. You get to see early versions like the buttons that you've been using and all the switches and stuff too. So you get a look into the prequel that they kind of were forming already like in the beginning before they re-added the portals and re-added everything else like shell and stuff. Yeah. And I think that's why this game ended up so fucking dense Mm -hmm. was they tried to pack in kind of two full stories into one game Yeah, while still delivering the same game. 
What I really like is kind of the device of using Shell and the beloved elements of Portal 1 to tell the story of Portal 2 that they wanted to tell. They're like, yeah. okay, we really do want to get into this lore of who Cave is and how Aperture came up, but if you want it through this fucking lens, we'll give it to you through this fucking lens. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. With the irony being that F-stop was literally through a fucking lens. Oh, it folded in on itself. That's good. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> You gotta keep uh, going. Yeah. You gotta keep going. I can't handle it. I'm so sorry I had to point that out. No, it's fine. That's perfect. <laughs> we're English majors. I or we know. were English majors 10 years ago. I'm not in fucking college anymore, but <laughs> we appreciate weird shit like this. What's fascinating about this is as you ascend through the facility, you're kind of ascending through time as well. You're walking through the timeline and the evolution of Aperture? Of Aperture with Cave Johnson. Yeah. Instead of just like updating the facilities he had he just built new ones on top of the old ones he bought a salt mine and then just went up from there yeah it started the bottom too started from the bottom like now dick. we're here <laughs> right. so now we're in the 1970s area cave johnson introduces himself once again disco johnson and this time it's for a new batch of recruits uh, he pulls a Troy McClure and says, you may remember us from the 1968 Senate hearings on missing astronauts. Oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck? If you'll recall the beginning, he was welcoming the astronauts to <laughs> testing. <laughs> and then was apologizing for their disappearance. Yeah. He just says that they were a, a key witness. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be the witness for missing astronauts. No. Oh, that's great. And they also mentions to uh, take a dig at Black Mesa and how they steal product ideas from them. <laughs> because this rivalry knows no bounds. Well, now Aperture is no longer testing the best and the brightest. They are testing the poor and the destitute. I mean, as we evolve, we know they end up testing fucking children. Right. So. Yeah, they go with mostly the unhoused. Oh. Offering a whopping $60 to be test subjects. That was a lot in the 70s, though. I mean, still, only 60 bucks. He has a facility kilometers underground fair like these guys took an elevator like you thought the tram ride in uh <laughs> black mesa was long yeah <laughs> yeah the the tram ride or the elevator shaft they take to get down here that had to be significant fair enough <laughs> fair enough that was worth the 60 dollars alone <laughs> but he does also like say like don't touch anything that's not test related like he clearly does not trust any of the people that he is now testing. Reasonable. As you get more manic and powerful, you get more insane about people touching your shit and you get more like obsessive about things. Yeah. As you start to like make your way into the testing track, though, you do manage to find GLaDOS again. Oh, and shit. she is in a nest being like picked at by the crow still. <laughs> still a potato, right? Yeah. But you uh, like when you approach, the crow flies off. When you go up to GLaDOS and now that you've reunited with her in her potato form, you unlock the achievement Tater Tote. Tater Tote. I yeah. love that so much. <laughs> That's a cute one. Because you pick her up and you're going to like tote her around. Yeah. So you like just. Kind of jammer onto your portal gun. Oh, shit. Yeah, because she's like a potato. A, like, fuck it. Like a charm? Yeah, but she gets like an extra half a volt of energy. Oh. Yeah, because she was getting 1.1 volt of energy before. Now it's 1.6. Okay. Yeah. Get down, she GLaDOS. She powered up. <laughs> Do you want GLaDOS powered up? No, but no. she's really like... 
She even says, she's like, I don't even have enough energy to lie to you. You fatty. <laughs> right. No, uh, actually, but she does tell you that, remember when Wheatley woke you is because the core reactor was melting? Yeah, that didn't stop. And oh, shit. Wheatley doesn't know what he's doing. Obviously. And he's a fucking moron. He's just going to let the entire place explode. So they need to get GLaDOS back into her body so she can stop it and, like, not let the place explode. Yeah. Chell kind of has, like, no other choice. And is like, all right, I, I guess we got to go and, and, like, let's head out of here because I'm heading out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> this leads us into Chapter 7, The Reunion. Ooh. And you and GLaDOS, former enemies, are now a team. Oh, she's sitting on the edge of your gun. Yep. And you have to make your way back up to the part of the facility where Wheatley is. You have to go all the way, uh, kilometers up. Kilometers back up. And Cave Johnson recordings are continuing to say just condescending things about the test subjects. (laughs) And at one point, he addresses his assistant, Caroline, asking her a question. And Caroline responds with, yes, sir, Mr. Johnson. And GLaDOS says it at the exact same time. Oh, shit. And GLaDOS was like, what What just happened? Why did I do that? Oh, like it was like a muscle memory for her. Yeah. Oh. She is confused and Ooh. she is panic stricken. And in her heightened emotional state, she overdraws power from the battery and kind of like shuts down. Oh, she, she like fries herself. Yeah. She crashes her own system. Fried potato. Shell is again left to just like kind of go around by herself. With Shell, or I'm sorry, with GLaDOS just kind of dead on the end of her gun. With a dead potato just chilling on her portal gun, yeah. Poor Shell. So while she's going around, she does manage to find the propulsion gel. Now that is the orange one that makes you go fast. Ooh. Eventually GLaDOS does come back online and she swears that she knows Cave Johnson from somewhere, but she just can't figure it out. Like for a robot, she has a terrible memory. Yeah. Well, she's shorting out. Yeah, that's fair. She is just in a potato at this point. Yeah, when she's at full strength, I'm sure she's a little better at finding information inside of her brain. In one of Cave Johnson's recordings, he offers an additional $60 if you agree to let them take you apart, do some science on you, and then put you back together. Oh, no. 60 American dollars. Well, they do know what they're doing. They swear. Swear. (laughs) Jesus. They're also going to scoop out like all the tumors that you're going to accumulate doing this testing. Not if. That you will. That you will. Yeah. Oh my God. Like this guy's so fucking out of touch with reality. (laughs) And he just keeps saying, he's like, I don't know what you, whatever you spend it on, like tattered hats and beard dirt. (laughs) Take your money and spend it on your tattered hats and beard dirt. On beard dirt. What is beard dirt? I I don't don't know. You have a beard. Can you know? Sounds like hipster shit that I'm not even into. It definitely sounds like some sort of hair pomade that like <laughs> is sold for eighty dollars a tin for no reason. What the fuck is beard dirt? I love I'm it. Like an artisanal store in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably CBD in it. Shell starts making her way up even further into the facility, and she finds the white conversion gel this time. And we find out through a cave Johnson speech that the conversion gel is made up of moon rocks that were crushed into the gel. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and the gel is what allows portals to appear on walls. So, like, all those white walls that are upstairs have been painted with this white gel. That's what makes it compatible with making portals is the moon shit. Correct. Ah, interesting. So, 
your wedding ring yes contains some space shit right well you said it's a meteor rock yeah it's a meteorite so can you go through portals probably shit yeah that's so fucking cool yeah trace amounts trace amounts of portals time travel (laughs) oh that's so fucking sick (laughs) this uh paint shit is what sent aperture deep into debt Oh, totally. I'm sure it's expensive to, like, harvest the moon. Yeah, so he bought $70 million worth, and his accountants told him he can't afford $7 worth. (laughs) We're still trying to find those astronauts you lost. I just want to have that kind of confidence of somebody with that kind of money that can be like, I can't afford $7, so I'm going to spend $70 million. You're in for a penny out for a pound, right? And have no idea where they get that 70 million if they don't even have seven. But business. uh, The mind of rich people is insane. (laughs) It's a world we will never understand. Never understand. Especially doing this podcast. (laughs) Please sponsor us. (laughs) So GLaDOS starts repeating Caroline and then has some kind of like revelation. She's like, Caroline. Caroline, I, and so she asks if Chell can handle things for a while while she can like focus all of her power on thinking about something. Ooh, creepy. And like a very like sad Glados eventually comes back on as we enter into the 1980s portion of the testing facility. Again, we meet Cave Johnson as he welcomes the next round of test subjects. Do you like that every decade they just add another floor on top of their fucking salt mine facility and they're like, we will deck this out to be decade appropriate (laughs) and record a new welcome video. I just think they don't want to clean out the bodies. Fair enough. All the tattered hats and beard dirt in the 1970s (laughs) chamber. Probably smelled bad. Yeah. Yeah. My house is dirty. Buy me a new one. (laughs) At one time, there's a completely different recording playing and he interrupts it to be like, For the last time, the elevators are not bathrooms. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. You just build a whole new thing. (laughs) You just build up a, like, you know what? Fuck it. Totally get it. Leaving these ones behind. I'm with you, Cave. So now in the 1980s, he's welcoming the employees to the testing facility. Oh, no. Because it is now mandatory for all employees of Aperture Science to be tested. Which has increased the quality of their test subjects, like, dramatically. Right. Because now they're getting scientists. Instead of, you know, people living on park benches. Right. But also, Cave doesn't sound great. Well, you know, it's been a couple years since his last few recordings. And uh, it turns out that those moon rocks that they were crushing up and turning into the uh, white gel. Yeah. They are pure poison. The moon is poison. And he is deathly ill. I thought it was cheese. And he is coughing constantly through this recording. Oh. And so he is going to test if jumping through portals back and forth is going to suck the poison out of its body. In what fucking world <laughs> would that be the solution is more exposure? Well, he says when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And when life gives you the moon, steal the moon and use it to make portals with trace amounts of time travel. <laughs> no, Cave, no. Go home, you're sick. Well, as you test, a new recording comes out, and Cave says, you know what? Don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back and get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. Oh, okay. There you go. GLaDOS listening to this is like, yeah, 
Yeah. She's like, starts cheering him on. She's, she's like, like, take it to church. Hell like, yeah. She says, she's like, I like this guy. And he's like talking about burning people's houses down. Like, again, he rants. <laughs> he just goes on and on. And GLaDOS is like, I fuck this. This is my guy right here. Preach. <laughs> That's a bad sign. Cave asks a question. If you can store music on a CD, why can't we store a man's intelligence and personality on one? Oh, no. He says he's going to say this on tape so that everyone hears it a hundred times a day. If he dies before he can be uploaded into a computer, he wants Caroline to run everything and says that she is to be uploaded into the system instead, whether she wants to or not. Whether she wants to or not. And then Cave Johnson says one last goodbye. Oh. And GLaDOS quietly says goodbye to her former boss. Oh. Chapter 8. Oh my god! The Itch. GLaDOS wants to take charge of her lemons and is determined to make Wheatley put her back into her body. Shell and GLaDOS return near the surface to uh, Wheatley's redesigned enrichment center. And during the loading screens between levels, so before like everything we saw, the Aperture Science logos in the background, and then when we were in the Cave Johnson areas, we like saw like the different decades of the Aperture Science logo oh, like progressed between levels. In the loading pages? Yeah, just in the loading pages. Cute. And now we are seeing a stamp of Wheatley Sciences over the Aperture logo. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is my kingdom, bitches. He has completely taken over. He's turned into the uh, king from 300. Yeah. Like, for no fucking reason. <laughs> but it's Wheatley. Walking down the backs of his subjects. Worship me. <laughs> Hell yeah, Wheatley. Of his companion cubes. <laughs> Go off, king. I love it. As you make your way up, GLaDOS spots a poster on a wall, and it says that in the event of rogue AI, <laughs> cause them to shut down by screaming a paradox. And it says screaming. Scream a paradox. So the paradoxes listed are, this statement is false, new mission, refuse this mission, and does a set of all sets contain itself? Now, my personal favorite AI paradox is from the comic book Runaways. Okay. Because they have to shut down an AI the same exact way. Uh-huh. And I love this one, and it is, if God can do anything, can he make a sandwich so large that even he can't finish it? Ooh. And yeah, they do manage to shut down some AI with that one. Broke a computer with a sandwich. Got yeah. it. And GLaDOS plans to shut down Wheatley with one of these phrases. Okay. Now that Wheatley is in control, he has decided to start creating his own designs of things. But he's a moron. And he's a fucking moron. <laughs> and the first thing he thinks is, okay, I need to test something and I have nothing to test. All I have are cubes and turrets. So let me jam those two things together and maybe I can make cubes that can walk onto buttons and I can make those tests. What the fuck, Wheatley? And they are called Franken-turrets. Franken-turrets! And these are the saddest looking things you've ever seen in your life. Like, have you ever seen a creature that looks at you with, like, kill me in its eyes? <laughs> That's what these robots look like all the time. <laughs> like, they are an abomination to nature and aren't supposed to be here. It's an abomination to science, though. And they know it. <laughs> 
Oh no. <laughs> oh honey. And Wheatley's like, look what I made. And they're kind of like these little crabs too, the way they move. It's like as if they're like hermit crabs with like a big shell on the back of it, the way it moves. And it's like just so slow and lumbering and it's so sad. I still really love Wheatley for this. Like I'm <laughs> I'm still kind of cheering him. I'm cheering everyone on. I'm not anti anyone. I'm happy for Shell. I'm happy for GLaDOS. Cave's a lunatic and I love him. <laughs> I love Wheatley for being insane. Like I don't see a bad guy in this game right i see four characters that i actively am cheering on well instead of going unseen like glados liked to when she was in charge of the facility wheatley is projecting himself on these gigantic tvs inside the facilities oh that's great and like he is so close up that you can't even like get his entirety into it like it's just (laughs) like just the light of his eye is all you can see and he is just yelling at these fucking cubes to like land on a box and they're just not listening to him (laughs) because they're fucking turrets like they don't give a shit what you want (laughs) and you manage to sneak into like the room that he's in you put one of the little boxes purposefully onto the button and Wheatley's like yes finally and then he sees it's you he's like no damn it okay (laughs) which makes finally uh glados like start to yell out the sentence this sentence is false And then, like, she's like, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. Because if she thinks about it too much, she can shut down, too. Right. Because she is also AI. She'll collapse and hurt on herself. Yeah. And Wheatley's just so fucking stupid that he goes, um, true. (laughs) He's like, yeah, probably. Go on. (laughs) And here's my thing is that the poster technically said this statement is false. She said this sentence is false Mm. now i don't know if they are programmed to shut down with like a specific string of words right or if it's like the intention because to them it's code so if she reads that code out loud it could act as a self-destruct button right yeah okay so glados could have fucked up now remember her brain is inside of a potato fair (laughs) potato that's also been pecked by (laughs) crows yeah or Wheatley's just that fucking stupid. Wheatley's pretty dumb. I think it's Wheatley's that fucking stupid. <laughs> I love Wheatley. And since none of this works on him, he says he's going to make you guys his test subjects. Oh. Because as we said before, his new body has that like programming that he wasn't expecting. And it's that desire to test, which he calls the itch. <laughs> so that announcer voice comes back over and it's reminding us that the nuclear core is melting down. And that is imminent. Instead of fixing the core... Wheatley just keeps turning off the alarm. <laughs> He's not going to turn the oven off. He's just going to keep turning off the smoke alarm. <laughs> Got yeah. It. I mean, he is going to hit the snooze button until he gets fired. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet baby Wheatley. And now we go into his first test chamber and Wheatley is a very bad designer. <laughs> his first one is literally just a gap that you have to cross and there's a button over there. And then he put the word test on the wall using like different colored panels. (laughs) The commentary for the game, because this is one of the coolest games that has a commentary through it too. Like you can play a a creator commentary, a creator commentary. (gasps) You can play through the game with a creator commentary. What? There's these little like speech bubbles that pop up in certain parts of the level. You can get to them, activate the commentary and they'll tell you like, what did this puzzle mean? What, why did we do this, that and the other thing? And it's really kind of cool. I didn't. They did that. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. They added it to the first portal as well. 
I didn't know games did that at all. It's one of the few games that has. I've, I've not seen this mechanic in hardly anything. That's so sick. Awesome, awesome thing. And what they talk about in that commentary is that in other games that have a map builder, uh, like Halo 3. Halo 3 had a fantastic map builder. Mm -hmm. Very bad designers would always do that. They would always use, like, panels and shit to, like, write things on the wall. Draw dicks and shit. Yeah. They were like, so we wanted to make sure that any time that we wanted to showcase that Wheatley was bad at something, we'd take elements from other bad user-designed <laughs> shit. That's fucking hysterical. <laughs> They're like, we went through really bad Minecraft. I know Minecraft wasn't around, but like, yeah. basically went through like shitty maps and said, what do shitty map makers do? What do shitty map makers do? That's fucking hysterical. And so, yeah, they have him write like test on the walls <laughs> and shit like that. Sweet baby Wheatley. Oh. After the test, Wheatley has a sense of like pure euphoria. Mm. He's like, oh, this is, it's like a drug to him. You know, Wheatley's just like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever felt. Because it's satisfaction. He has one function and he actually got to do it. Exactly. Now, Wheatley is big brain Wheatley. You know, uh -oh. he's got huge IQ. He's like, <laughs> well, why am I working so hard to create all these testing facilities? I can just have you do the same one over and over again and have you just keep repeating the same test. I'm smart. Applying to Mensa now. But like any drug that you just do over and over again, it doesn't have the same effect anymore. Oh, he's got to chase the dragon. And he's got to chase the dragon. He's like, okay, I guess that doesn't work the second time around. So, I, okay, we'll find you some new test subjects. <laughs> you got to go from flower to dabs. Like, let's step it up. Yeah. So he's like, so I'm going to go find some new test chambers. He realizes that he's not really good at this, and he manages to find some old GLaDOS test chambers that he says that he had to just shake out the skeletons a little bit. And uh, Oh my god. <laughs> and GLaDOS is like, oh damn, I did stockpile some old test chambers. <laughs> my bad. GLaDOS is like, true, true. <laughs> but Wheatley's like, but I'm going to make it different, and I'm going to take this test chamber and smash it together with this test chamber and make entirely original test chambers that way. So I'm not copying GLaDOS. <laughs> I ate one Starburst topped on top of another Starburst and made a whole new flavor. <laughs> Orange cherry. Yeah, and then GLaDOS is like, well, the one downside is like, these ones can actually kill you. <laughs> She's like, I don't really care, but I was a heads up. Now, Wheatley is, you know new to his job, and he's watching you do your test, and he's just getting kind of antsy. He's like, he wants to tell you how to solve it, right? Oh. And when he goes to tell you, he gets electrocuted. Because you can't interfere. Yeah, you can't interfere. Science. And Gladys explains that the same would happen to her even right now if she were to help you try to solve these. It's just built into the AI. You cannot provide instructions or hints. Right, right. And so GLaDOS decides to fuck with Wheatley, and at the very end <laughs> of the that test chamber, she goes, and all you had to do was pull that lever over there. Wheatley's like, no, you didn't. What you had to do was, and then he gets electrocuted. <laughs> GLaDOS is such a GLaDOS is running on such low power. She had an emotional breakdown recently. She was attacked by a bird. She was decapitated and moved into a potato, and she's still like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. She's the baddest bitch. She's like, I know he's actively trying to kill us right now, but I couldn't resist it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be her when I grow up. She's fucking sick. Right. So as you're going through like these like mashed together like Frankenstein room, GLaDOS notices that he's not getting the same satisfaction even out of these new tests. Mm. And she says that it's happening sooner than she expected. Oh. 
but she's being kind of cryptic about it and she won't say what's happening. So she tells you to keep testing until she finds a way out. Okay. Wheatley wants you to move quicker. So he decides to try GLaDOS kind of methods of motivation. And so he calls you a fatty, adopted, fatty, fat, no parents. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he's a fucking moron. <laughs> and GLaDOS comes to your defense. Aww. And she goes, what's wrong with being adopted? <laughs> and she, like, completely is, like, on your side. And as Wheatley is explaining what is so bad about being adopted... And, like, he doesn't have good reasons at all. Obviously, he's a fucking moron. GLaDOS whispers at you, for the record, you are adopted, and that is terrible. Oh, my God! <laughs> I will only defend you publicly because it hurts weakly. but to be very clear, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love GLaDOS. She's wonderful. You can't hate her. You I know can't. she's supposed to be the villain, but she's so fucking lovable. And there is nothing wrong with being adopted, everybody. Yeah, There's I know. zero wrong like, with Like, bless it. your heart. We all come from different roads of the world. But man, GLaDOS is a bitch. I love her. <laughs> That's so good. GLaDOS goes on to explain that her programming caused a euphoric reaction to testing initially so that it would prompt her to get into testing. Uh, but that feeling would wean itself off eventually as she became accustomed to it. And because she was in it for the science by that point, she just kept going. Mm-hmm. For the data. Right. And Wheatley was never built to be in it for the science. He was built to be a fucking moron. He was built to be a fucking moron. <laughs> so losing that sense of euphoria is just making him angry and confused. Oh, now, instead of, like, informational videos on TVs around the facility, we're seeing these, like, blue screens of death. Oh. Because we were just getting, like, how to solve puzzle kind of videos. Yeah. And, yeah, now the, there's just the blue screens of death. Wheatley is letting the place completely fall apart, and it's pretty much just, like, immediately. And he's getting zero satisfaction out of any of these tests anymore. And it's, <laughs> he's getting frustrated as shit. Yeah. And one of his ideas, he's like, all right. Maybe I can record you solving a puzzle and then watch 10 of it at the same time. It'll give me like a concentrated burst of it. What a fucking lunatic. He's just trying anything he can. He's just like, yeah, give me more drugs to satisfy my cravings, essentially. Oh, my God. Yeah. Meanwhile, the announcer just keeps saying the place is going to blow. And oh, no. Wheatley is like, I fixed it. I swear to God. He just turned off the, the fucking alarm. <laughs> no. Everything's fine. We're fine. How, How are, are you? you? <laughs> and GLaDOS just calls him a moron. Yeah. Because he is a moron. Yeah. GLaDOS speaks the truth, except for the thing about being adopted. <laughs> <laughs> this round of tests showed that we have 19 tests, and we are now in chamber 15 out of 19. Okay. And he says that he has a big surprise for you. Oh. These robots love surprising you. <laughs> He says, you're going to love it to death. Love it till you kills you. He's really subtle. Until you're dead. <laughs> and his laughs are becoming like more and more maniacal. And he keeps teasing you with the surprise. And this is actually worrying GLaDOS because she's like, he's not going through withdrawals anymore. He actually seems happy. Oh, no. And she's like, what, what did he actually find? So she's worried. And at... Chamber 17, GLaDOS says she can break you guys out in the very next chamber. In chamber 18. In chamber 18. 
and you see an aerial faith launcher. That's the ones that can shoot you across the map. And there's this weighted cube, and it's falling, and it's landing on its own um, launcher, and it's bouncing up in the air, right? So it's going straight up and down. And it's bouncing straight up and down in the air. So you need to time it so that way you can launch across and grab this cube. And as you do, you step onto your aerial plate, and instead of going forward, you're launched off to the right. Oh, shit. Completely surprising you. Oh, damn. Like, you have been trained to expect one thing, and it did not do that one fucking thing. That must be so jarring. It is. And Wheatley goes, surprise, we're doing it now. Oh. And GLaDOS is fucking shook. Oh, no. She's like, all right, I, um... I gotta admit, I didn't see that one coming. She's also probably dizzy because she's three inches long and she just got flung across the science uh, facility. <laughs> right. Bless her heart. And you do manage to land in like this tractor beam and Wheatley says that he no longer needs you and that he has found two robots back here that were specifically built for testing. Uh, GLaDOS says that they were for the cooperative testing initiative. It was something that she had come up with just before Chell woke up the first time. Oh. She was going to use them instead of humans uh, after Chell was like, after she expected Chell to die. Yeah. She was going to start using these robots instead. Suddenly, you get hit by like this surprise aerial faith launcher that's off to the side. Oh, shit. And you go flying through the air. And Gladys goes, oh, no, this is the part where he kills us. And then you land on this platform facing a gigantic TV screen with Wheatley on it. And he says, hello, this is the part where I kill you. And then you see... Chapter 9, the part where he kills you. And then you unlock an achievement called the part where he kills you. (laughs) I'm not joking. I know you're not. (laughs) This game is so subtle. It's the nuances that get you. (laughs) Just in case you didn't catch the joke the first three times. (laughs) Damn it, Wheatley. Uh, while you're standing on this like little platform surrounded by these plates covered in spikes, uh, Shell notices some conversion gel and manages to like portal herself out before Wheatley like crushes that spot to death. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of the first game again when you're like in the backstage areas. Okay, cool. You know, and Wheatley kind of takes the same role as Chell there too, where he's reminiscing about the past he's like remember we used to be friends like i helped you break out of this place i helped you try to escape from glados initially and shit like he's really trying to like gain your trust again baby wheatley but then he does drop you into a room full of turrets again wheatley but wheatley's a fucking idiot he forgot already that you guys have sabotaged all of the turrets (laughs) so he dropped you in a room full of broken turrets He's like, ha take that. <laughs> so they're just completely useless. Oh. Again, all mechanics that you've like had to learn at this point are being used, up to and including these new conversion gels that you had found down in the Cave Johnson's area. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And all while Wheatley tries to stop you and Gladys is just like ripping on him. <laughs> She's like, you fucking moron. And she is at her sharpest and her wittiest in these scenes. Like, And she's still exhausted. So this is her just being like, I'm so fucking annoyed <laughs> that I'm going to bring the heat even if it kills me at this point. I'm right. exhausted, but I fucking hate you, Wheatley. She really hates him. I love GLaDOS during these scenes because you're not the target of her ire anymore. And she still takes like her slight jab at you every once in a while, but she really fucking saves it for Wheatley now. <laughs> I love it so much. 
And GLaDOS does tell you, she's like, all right, listen, I get it if you don't want to put me back in charge. <laughs> she's like, word, <laughs> I get you. But she's like, I don't have any of my personality cores anymore. It's just me. And like, I can hear my own conscience now. And it's my own voice. Oh. And remember, she said, like, I don't even have enough power to lie to you at this point. Yeah. So she's like, I, you can trust me. I will do this the right way. Right. So you have to make your decision and you make your way through and eventually you find a room full of personality cores. Oh, shit. And these ones, GLaDOS explains, are all corrupted and they're bad. Oh. Uh, they're, I guess you would call them failure cores. <laughs> GLaDOS plans to have you go up and confront Wheatley and she'll send you all these shitty cores that you can attach to him and force a main core transfer on him. So that way GLaDOS can take over. Okay. All right. GLaDOS amps you up with a speech about, like, even though we're not friends, we have a common enemy, and some of the, like, we both want revenge, and blah, 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 blah. You get into a battle with Wheatley, and you launch bombs at him, like, using your portals and, like, conversion gel and all the angles. It's wonderful. It's a much better laid-out battle than you had with GLaDOS in the first game. Very cool. And again, this is timed. Like, he's dumping neurotoxin in and stuff like <clears> that, like... The playtesters once again said, nope, throw in that timer again. We loved it. It's super fun. <laughs> it's a good mechanic. Good shit. And the first core that gets put out is the space core. And space core is kind of like the uh, companion cube from the first game where it got like its own fan following. Oh. Everybody loves it. He just yells space. He just yells space? It's Nolan North. He comes in and he's just saying, space, 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 space. And he's so excited for space. Hell yeah. It's a testament to how charming Nolan North can be with like, you literally gave him nothing to work with and he's yelling space. People are like, hell yeah, that's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Bless his heart. Like he's so fucking talented. Well, he just mumbles space to himself and then he yells at space out loud. Like it's, <laughs> it's a great little little guy. That's great. Now, I also made a mistake in the last week's episode. And I said that there was a core in there that was like a misogynist. It was actually in this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, Nolan North. Misogyny core. Playing the misogyny core. He calls himself the adventure core, though. Ooh. Yeah. Little lady. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> At one point, he even tells her to take a lady break. Oh, my God. What the fuck is a lady break? I don't even like, know. Like, have a period? <laughs> Go have a period real quick. <laughs> Let the men handle this. <laughs> <laughs> and the final core is just like a nonsense core. I don't know what else to call it. It states just incorrect facts. Oh. Like the first commercial airline flight took to the air in 1914. Everyone involved screamed the entire way. <laughs> like like evil Snapple facts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Incorrect Snapple facts. I love that. <laughs> Once you get all the cores attached, the uh, computer initiates a main core transfer. And it requires you to push that button again to make the transfer happen. Yeah. But Wheatley, like, literally makes this impossible for you to get to the button because he has studied your battle with GLaDOS. Mm. He understands what happened wrong there, right? Oh, no. He, the one thing he learned and is executing well is, like... Learning from that. Really? And the one thing that he wasn't expecting was the conversion gel. Oh. Which there's a little bit under, just directly underneath him. And then there is a spot directly above the button that you need to push. Okay. So you put the portal above the button. You put the portal underneath Wheatley. You go underneath Wheatley, land on the button. And just as you land, a 
bomb explodes. <gasps> oh, shit. And you get thrown the fuck away from the button. Oh, so you're like right about to hit it and you just fly away? Just as you're about to hit it, yep. Oh. You land completely prone, laying on the ground, barely able to move. Mm. Like, it's one of those ones where it's still in first person, but like you you don't usually lay down like this in the game. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind, of <laughs> kind of taking control for you. And that portal gun is just in reach, right? And you roll over and you grab it and you hook it back into your arm. As you're doing this, you're looking up at the ceiling and the ceiling just starts to like fucking rip away. Oh, shit. Everything's going fucking crazy and the, the, the ceiling crumbles away and it is a full moon outside and you can see it. And if you remember from our friend Cave Johnson. Oh, my God. Oh, no. He told us that the gel that makes portals possible. Oh, no. Comes from moon rocks. Oh, no. So you take aim. Shut up. And you shoot. And you land a portal at the moon. To the moon? And it lands directly at the Apollo 11 landing site. What the fuck? I don't know why. They chose right there. <laughs> They're like, see? Iconic moon locations. <laughs> and that portal you placed directly underneath Wheatley <gasps> starts to suck him through it. Oh, my God. And the problem is it also starts to suck you threw it it's a vacuous space thing right yeah it's it's the literal vacuum of space oh my god and you grab onto wheatley and you get both sucked through that portal <laughs> and wheatley's just like screaming and you're holding on and everything and while you're there like the little space core gets sucked out too and he's all excited that's all he wants yeah it's all he ever wanted was to go to space <laughs> now so. he's in space <laughs> okay so it's a happy ending for him didn't see that coming for him space. at all <laughs> good for him hell yeah, yeah he got into outer space he gets a happy ending I love it and like fucking Wheatley is still while we're out here being like no I can fix it I can fix it just pull me back in pull me back in Gladys goes I already fixed it and you're not coming back <laughs> And this mechanical arm comes reaching through the portal and just smacks the fuck out of Wheatley. <gasps> and it releases him from your arms and he goes flying off into space. Just out into space? Out into space. Oh, shit. And you turn around and you see your other arm being held by the mechanical arm that just smacked the shit out of Wheatley. It's pulling you back <gasps> through the portal. The party bot. And it drops you back on the ground. Well, no, it was it was GLaDOS. Okay. And she she just had control of her body again. Okay. And she begins to put, like, her whole self back together. Oh. She could have left you in space, but she didn't. She didn't. She's a real ass bitch. And, like, let's face it, you just had the oxygen sucked out of you, so you pass out for a little bit. Oh, totes. Sometime later, Chell does wake up, and she's in one of those elevators. And she wakes up to Atlas and Peabody, who are the two robots that Wheatley had referenced earlier as being the ones that he found. Yeah, he wanted to run tests on them. They are the leads in the uh, co-op missions for this game. It felt like a plug. The way that in Titanfall 2, they're like, <laughs> if you ever want to fucking do this shit again, he throws the card on him. Yeah, right? <laughs> for the Apex Legends? Yeah. yeah like, by yeah, the way, right. if you want to do a co-op version of this, <laughs> here you go. GLaDOS is there as well, and she says that being Caroline taught her a valuable lesson, mm. and that Chell was her best friend. Oh. Saving your life gave her a better feeling than testing ever did. Oh. It also showed her exactly where in her brain Caroline resided. Oh. And you next hear the announcer say, Caroline deleted. 
oh my god shut up no i didn't see that coming fuck me i think that the thesis of this is that female friendships are difficult what the fuck oh it's so good r.i.p caroline so now back to her usual antagonistic self glados concede that killing shell has proven to be very difficult and her life was a lot easier before Chell entered it, so nobody murdered her or put her in a potato or fed mm-hmm. her to birds. <laughs> All she had to do was test. She said, then this dangerous mute lunatic showed up. This dangerous mute lunatic. <laughs> like she's the joker. <laughs> I love it. And so she gives Chell her freedom on the condition that she promises never to come back. They're breaking up. And as the elevator rises, an army of turrets sing an opera for Chell as she departs. Aww. After she finally reaches the surface, Chell steps out of the elevator and into a golden wheat field. Aww. Like everything else is gone. That facility's like facade is gone. Everything. Aww. It is just... Endless fields of wheat. Wow. And then suddenly, Shell's companion cube from the previous game, covered in soot from the incinerator, flies out of the elevator behind her and slams the door shut. Oh. Credits roll. Oh. I'm so emotional right now. I love it. It's so great. And uh, GLaDOS has another song. This one's called Want You Gone. And it's about the events of Portal 2, claiming that she used to want Shell dead, but now she just wants her to leave. Mm. After the credits, though, there is a post-credits sequence. And it is our friend Wheatley, and he is floating out in space. <laughs> and he gives a nice little monologue, just explaining that, you know, if he, if he could see Shell again, he would apologize for everything that he did. He, he does realize that everything he did was wrong. Aww. And the Space Corps just is really fucking excited to be in space. <laughs> I'm so happy for the so the space court shell her companion cube and Glados all got reasonably good endings. Yeah, like Wheatley kind of got fucked, but he did it to himself. And, yeah, you know he'll figure his shit out. But I'm really happy for space court. Right good for you, space court. You got what he wanted. Hell yeah. What the fuck's shell gonna do? Eat some fucking wheat. It's fifty thousand years in the future. Yeah, she's gonna ride a future dinosaur, whatever we evolve or devolve into. She's the only human left. Or the mantis creatures have risen up from Cave Johnson's experiments and uh Damn it. they are now the dominant species. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always a chance of that. And there's no idea what happened to like in the Half Life universe still. Yeah. Because they never finished that fucking series. We'll see what happens. Ugh. <laughs> uh, Maybe Gordon Freeman gets cryogenically frozen and gets stone frost and they fall in love. It's fine. It's whatever. Ooh, yes. There's lots of cryo-freezing in this series. Actually, so. no. I don't want to share my boyfriend, Dr. Gordon Freeman. 27-year-old Dr. Gordon Freeman. <laughs> 27-year-old. It's, obs- it's obscene that he's 27. And, like, I've seen memes where they actually use, like, from Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston act out images of him doing shit. But I'm just really happy for Space Corps. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We're all happy for Space Corps. Yeah. And Cave Johnson got what he deserved in the end. Oh, totally. Because that, like, we've seen some monster, like, CEOs on this podcast. Right. Weirdly. You know, we've seen your Andrew Ryans. We've seen your Joey Drews. I don't know. Cave Johnson's up there. 
He's pretty insane. Yeah. He's up there with Joey Drew. I think Joey Drew is a fair comparison. Like, Joey Drew is to animation murder as Gabe Johnson is to moon murder, I guess. <laughs> to science murder. To science murder, yeah. yeah. I'm 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 really curious. Like, I want to see him and the CEO of Black Mesa golfing <laughs> and just, like, ruining each other's lives. Just, like, shouting in each other's backswing. Yeah. <laughs> just being dicks at each other. <laughs> that world fascinates me to no end. Right. Oh, I'm happy for Shell. You are? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I just, I just don't think it would have hit the same if it was Mel. No. <laughs> if it was Mel. They were right to, to walk it back into Shell. And they were taking pictures the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it would have worked either. I'm really happy they went in this direction. Oh, totally. Really sad that we have seen fucking like hardly anything since. Yeah. Cause this is over 10 years ago. Yeah. So after the game was released, actually in May, 2012, they added something called the Perpetual Testing Initiative. Oh. In which it was allowing users to create their own test chambers. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And they even gave you some GLaDOS lines to use and throw into your thing. And oh, that's so good. Yeah. Really well done. And so, yeah, you can go online and just endlessly play Portal now. You can be your own GLaDOS. Right. Oh, no. Which it's also stalled, unfortunately, playing, you know, a Portal 3. Right. You know, but Valve's fucking terrible at anything with a number three in it. <laughs> they really cap out at two. They really can't seem to get a three out of their system, so <sighs> it's unfortunate. But what's funny is between recording our first Portal episode and this Portal episode... They announced the Portal Companion Edition on the Switch. Yes, I'm so excited. I finally get to play it. I know, because this one has the co-op mode. And when oh, sick. I first had it, you weren't a gamer. That's and right. we couldn't play the co-op mode. I could hard I've had to get like a friend to come over and play it one time, and I got through it like one time. <laughs> and you're a gamer now. We could actually play it together. So I'm really excited for that. So we're going to get that on the Switch for sure and play through that. I'm doing this purely to hear GLaDOS lines. Yeah. Like, to be very honest, I just want to hang out with my best friend GLaDOS. Here's the thing about the co-op mission. It's not anything too big. Okay. It really is just showing you the mechanics of using four fucking portals, which is insane. Mm -hmm. You know, that makes it so much fun is using four portals. But the story of it all is basically... GLaDOS has discovered a chamber in the system that she had never seen before, Ooh. and she wants to know what's in there. And she thinks she knows what's in there, but she's not sure. Mm. You get through the test chambers, you get there, you break open into it, and it is thousands upon thousands of humans in cryosleep. Oh my god! And she's like, okay, I don't need these robots anymore. I can go back to human testing. Because she was not getting the satisfaction out of robots, because... Once they die, they can just get rebuilt. And she's like, well, that doesn't really make the fun of it anymore. Where are the stakes? Yeah, there were <laughs> the stakes weren't high enough for her. So she needed human bodies again. I or... can't threaten them with neurotoxins, so fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. I love that. I also like that Peabody and Atlas are like, one's like a tall, skinny one, and one's like a short, fat one. Like, right, they're right. They're very cute. That apparently was a dynamic that came from F-Stop. Really? Yeah, that was like Cute. the one mechanic that <laughs> came over from F-Stop. Was there was going to be like a tall skinny and then a short round. A Mario and a Luigi. Yeah, and it's funny because like the short round one looks like Mike Wazowski. Oh. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, he's a little circle. He kind of looks like there's a giant eye in the middle. Yeah, and it's Cute. funny. They leaned on them for the advertising of Portal 2 more so than Shell, which I thought was fascinating. I've seen them in a lot of stuff, and I think that they 
I believe they were using a Lego Dimension set. I know Shell's been in a Lego Dimension set. Yeah, she got into the Lego Dimension set. Yeah, no, so Portal, yeah, it's gotten ported out. <laughs> Portal's been ported hey. onto plenty of different formats. I know Lego Dimensions did an entire storyline. I don't even know what that is. The E3 trailer they did was very cute for it, though. They had a live-action yeah. Shell playing with the Lego Dimension piece the of Shell. It's cute. Oh, yeah, no, super cute, like, really well done, and... You know, we've got portal bookshelf holders and stuff. You know, portal's a part of our lives as much as anything else. I, my favorite portal thing IRL is when people do the Christmas tree in the portals and they get yeah. like, they get the lights or they're orange and blue and they got a half a tree on the ceiling and half a tree on the wall. Oh, I love that. Really great stuff. Yeah. All right, Goombas. Ugh. I think we have covered everything portal has to offer. Space. Space. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We are updating our Instagram finally. Yeah. So that is at the other castle, right? At the other castle. It's at the other castle. It's also the other castle on Facebook. I had to create that to log into my Instagram with it. So <laughs> we have a Facebook now too. That's yeah. fine. And then if you want to email us your feelings or, you know, maybe your breakdown of who you love more, Dr. Gordon Freeman or Michelle, you know. Feel free to email us. That's um, all in the show notes of bio. Yep. All right, Goombas. Until next time. Stay out of portals. Bye. Well, here we are again. It's always such a pleasure. Remember when you tried to kill me twice? Oh, how we laughed and laughed. Except I wasn't laughing. Under the circumstances, I've been shockingly nice. Want your freedom?